Um, July 15th through okay. August 2nd. So. Okay. And I'm going away at the end of the last week of July and the first week of August. So okay. well, definitely kind of some, yeah. so we'll try to squeeze one more in before we go. Mm. Nixon town for, for, Oh, uh, so if, if, if you guys are okay, him and Aaron could, would, would love to come by, but I mean, we'll, we'll get, we'll get the love mics by, <laughs> oh, yeah, by that time. We have one more. We can figure it out. Yeah. We could do the, we could do the show at the office. We can. Okay. We got karaoke then. <laughs> <laughs> Big time karaoke. Could you imagine rock in the office? Well, I mean, Nick would not be opposed to doing karaoke I mean, for sure. Um, it might be on the security cameras at that point. <laughs> they might call somebody. I don't know. But. It won't be the first time we did this show there. That's true. We did the show. Um, we, we did do- at the new office, though. No. It- and do a show at nine ten river. Office. I've done the show there, but not since it's been. No, but what was what was the reason we did it? That I way? have no idea. I don't uh, even. Re- I va- I vaguely remember it happening. Are we recording? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, it's post show. It doesn't matter. I, I was just curious. <laughs> I, I I didn't know. Before. No, it was it was in the North Shore Conference Room. We did it. Okay, um, but yeah, before, I think we had a guest. Right, we had a guest come in. That that was part of it. Before all the security, before all the renovations, I, I mean, yeah, we had one. We had same more, building, maybe more than one person in. I, I, I forget. Same office. Okay, but yeah, two different points we're trying to make here. Okay. Yeah, uh, someone was in. I don't remember why. It was some big beer. We, some we've celebrity. done five hundred shows. Some beer celebrity, right? Wait, it wasn't I'd, the Tommy Arthur one. No, it was not Tommy Arthur. That was at a bar. Yeah. That was so. That was such a good one. Oh, memory lane. Okay, so you wanted some freaking sixty minute. Well, I figured of the beers you brought out. Speaking of sixty people. minute, there's some beer news. Beer news. Do, 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 beer news. <laughs> I don't have a. Don't have, I don't have a teletype. Why don't you have a teletype? Sorry. Damn uh, it. Beer news. <laughs> uh, for. Doctors just had their like twenty seventh anniversary or some shit like that, and they Ooh, made what? Skunked. Who, what? skunked skunked. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, let me smell. Let me yeah. smell. My glass is full of. Oh. I didn't even pour it in yours. What's that? That's the other beer. It's your water. Oh, that's definitely skunked. I don't know if it tastes skunked, but it smells skunked. It's kind of dank and resiny. I'm not sure it's skunked. All right. But. Oh, go ahead. Mm. That's skunked. Um, not great. Okay. What is this? This is 60 minute from. So from, I was. Oh, it also fish. tastes old. It probably is old. They made a 30 like minute session IPA uh, for their anniversary. I. I haven't I? They've made a 75 before? minute before. 70, okay. That piece of lime. Yes, that, this is this is really gross. This is, this is gross. It needs a, it. It would be fine. Let's if it pour. Had, the, let's pour I, this crap out. No, I'm cutting up a lime, man. I'm huh? oh, you know what? Lime. Okay, yeah, I'll try it. All I'm, right. I'm curious. Right. I'm curious. I'll be right back. Cool. Okay, so thirty minute. Okay, I get it. Is that it? Is that uh, yeah? It's just a, a yeah session. It was a pub only thing. 
I've never been a fan of session IPAs. I don't think I've ever had one that like that that fulfilled me. They always feel like a diet beer. Yes, they're always leaving, they're sacrificing something. Yes, until you get there. Where when you could have, a, you know, a beer that is more suited for the sessionability. You might even say, "Ooh, <laughs> yes, Admiral." It's a trap from uh, Admiral Akbar from Star Wars. Anyway, uh, she'll also miss this one. <laughs> Thank you. The lime has been presented. I am putting lime in my beer so that hopefully I just taste lime. Oh, because shit. that is exactly what Corona <laughs> is about. Put the lime in your beer, and you're just going to taste lime juice, and it'll be fine. Or you drop it in your beer like I just did because I was trying to do it with one hand and it's trying fine. to put my headset back we have, on. We have a bar spoon. Okay, so I did. So there, there's more I I have to say about Star Trek. Okay, bring it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. So I do want to point out that like the, the last time I rec- I recognize that there's a bit of of sort of this sort of feeling. How could this happen to me? <laughs> Right, like, <laughs> well, you invested your passion, sure. like, uh, uh, you oh. better, yeah. So it's like a corona, yeah, <laughs> better. It, it, it is better. If I was mowing the yard, <laughs> like I've said a million times on the show, maybe not a million, I've only been on what five shows, anyways. I mean, within order of magnitude, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you said it a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's kind of the only thing you say. And I didn't want to I didn't want to bring this up. Man, that <laughs> oh, lie. Such an annoyed disgust. It's for a comedic effect. I know. Okay. All right. Well, anyway. Improv, okay. baby. Yeah. We should play an improv game. <laughs> okay. Um so it's Star Trek. Star Trek. So oh, yeah. one thing I didn't mention last time is, and, and I feel like that I should have, because there was, there was comparisons between Star Wars and Star Trek. And you know, I talked about how Star Trek can do different stories, but there's also something that, that's really important to Star Trek. And if I didn't mention it, I think that I'd, I'd be losing the plot a little bit. And that's that, you know, Star Wars is a very story. It's, you know, good and evil, just to compare them to the good versus evil type thing. Star Trek good one right good one and and it's after that so star wars is kind of a dystopia star trek is very much a utopia this the setting matters in terms of how the stories are presented because the federation are always the good guys the federation are always going in there doing the right thing the the the, the ship is always doing the right thing they may have moral quandaries they go through mm-hmm. and they may not be able to get the right thing done in the end but they always want to do the right thing. And it's important that like, because that's a, a very important point of view that the show has that is very different from a lot of other sci-fi, but it's also sort of, it, it's a very characteristic thing about the show. And if you don't have that, you kind of miss some of what Star Trek is. It's, it's not like you have to do that. It's like, I mean, Wrath of Khan, that wasn't a part necessarily of the story. Like you don't have to have that be part of your story. Mm-hmm. But the general overall view is that these are the people who are 
doing the right thing for the morally right reason. So I felt like is necessary that that's, that's so, a very important So Star part. Trek preceded Star Wars. Yes. Uh, and I'm, was there any kind of like playing off of that? Like, and like to decidedly I don't think not so. be? I mean, because Star Wars in, in, in very, is very much sort of based on, you know, World War II films and, and like Kurosawa and stuff yeah. like that. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it, it's in many ways, it's even earlier and, 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 you know, Buck Rogers and that kind of stuff. So, okay. Uh, and I mean, well, how big was, Star Trek in those first six years, you know, like I don't know. Well, right? I mean, Star Star Trek was only on for three years. It started in sixty nine. Sixty nine, yeah, yeah, okay, but still, there was six years of time before uh, before per, Star Wars Star Wars was released. Well, right? I, so I think you know, Star Wars Star Trek was also a TV show, and it never really was beyond that. I mean, it was popular, but it wasn't it wasn't That's- a phenomenon like Star Wars was. It was popular in my house. Very much so. No, it was, it was, it was I mean, this was a time when 45% of people on, on, in, in the country would be watching the show. And that was like, that would be not quite enough to sustain the show for three years. So <laughs> it was, it was a show that, that made its mark on the culture. Didn't sell enough cigarettes, I guess. Huh? <laughs> right. Um, and, and it, 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 one of the things that it did well is it, is it brought in, really interesting sci-fi authors to, to, to write it. So especially early on, you got some really cool sci-fi concepts and stories that were done. And it was also, it was a beautiful show for the time. They really, they, they wanted to, it was one of the, the shows that NBC, I think it was NBC who aired it. I don't even know. They, they were trying to pr- promote all how, you know, color TV. So they were, really trying to splash color. That's probably why like uniforms were so saturated yeah. and bright mm-hmm. and the screens and everything. Right. Was, right. Yeah. And then, you know, almost pastel, like, but like almost mm-hmm. like cell shaded in a way, because everything yeah. was very color. There's lots of colors going on. Um, yeah. I guess the hallway, the wall treatments mm-hmm. and everything were like bright color, right? Like sixties. Um, what is that? It's not, it's uh, well, what you think of when you think of, um, Awesome powers, or whatever that theme is called. The you know the yeah. pastel-y, yeah, yeah. frivolous, you know, like I'm not sure what to call it, but yeah, I mean, so, and there was always a part, and and Star Trek, then as a, you know TNG got the sort of 90s, really kind of more 80s because 87 was when it started. Um, 80, you can mm-hmm. see a lot of 80s hair in TNG, hmm. uh, but they went. The doctor was so hot. <laughs> they still went on more of the. They still did shows that were more like a lot, a lot of Star Trek. If you watch it, is more like a play. I mean, it's not even at the time it wasn't pushing the limit dramatically in, in, in terms of a dra- dramatic presentation. Like it wasn't like Homicide: Life on the Street, which was you know, running at the same time and doing things that were you know ten years ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. And, and the Star Trek that's made now. <laughs> well, Just, I mean, you know what I think about Picard, but it's milking the cachet, right? Well. I mean, uh, even even the best Star Trek that's made now, and I'll talk about that in a bit. But even the best Star Trek that's made now is not like on the level of you know Better Call Saul, right? It's not. Mm-hmm. It it's not on that level. It's still on a level that that's under the. The fact of the matter is, there are a few production teams that are capable of doing Better Call Saul mm-hmm. level stuff. Uh, but it's all about getting the feel right and 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 sort of nailing the allegory and some of the. 
while while Star Trek fans can be the most nitpickiest thing, they can nitpick about the the tiny little things. To to the minutia of Star Trek can be so fucking slight. I I just thought of a I want to I want to kick off a new series. I want TNG from the point of view of Wesley Crusher as this angst ridden teenager. Not the cute one that's on the show, but this asshole angst ridden okay, teenager. Right. Well, put put a pin in that. Put <laughs> okay. a pin in that. Um <laughs> so Star Trek is going through a weird time right now. And they said, you know, Picard ended. Thank God. And there is this new show on Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which is basically about the original Enterprise, Kirk's Enterprise, bef- a couple of years before Kirk became captain. Uh, and it's been the best thing that has come out of live Star Trek. It wasn't, like, amazing. But just the last episode that I saw was one of the best Star Trek episodes I've ever seen. Like it was way up there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's the best of the best, but it was top tier Star Trek. It was, it was a sort of, I wouldn't say remake, but it was an, it was an homage to one of the original series, most famous and, and biggest episode city on the edge of forever, where Kirk went back in time and, um, uh, and, and he had to stop, this this uh yeah he had to stop this woman from becoming uh from 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 starting the anti-war effort in the u.s so that the war so that u.s wouldn't go into world war ii and then so he, he had to do something that he didn't want to do and then he fell in love with this woman too and then he had to watch her die in order for time to be saved right so it, it, you know it's one of those it's a, cool little clever sci-fi thing and so it's a spin on that but unlike picard it was homage it wasn't just taking the same beats and doing them again it it, it took those mm-hmm. beats and reflected them it did different takes yeah. on them. um you know presented a different story it, it was nimble and fast it had a it it, it without feeling bogged, bogged down had a a romance that didn't feel like egregiously like that, that there was like no chemistry and that was just egregiously shoved in there a, a really well done episode that made me hopeful for the future of of Star Trek, such that it is. Because do you remember last time I said you might like Star Trek Prodigy, which was the sort of cartoon okay. that that's kind of like Star Wars Rebels or uh, Star Wars Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah. it, it 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 had already aired its first season. The second season is in production, pretty much almost done. Paramount just canceled it and uh, took all of its shows off. Took took the entire first season off. I saw some of it getting taken on down. Yeah. yeah, so it's gone. Is it because the royalties they would have had to pay the production? It's because of tax reasons. It's be, they did it because you know it's the end of the fiscal year. They they wanted to get a tax thing. They're, it it's it's super cynical on their part. And it's also an, a, an indication of what streaming companies are, are doing right now and going to continue to do, which is all those things you think that they're, you know, I don't have to get copies for my own because it's all going to be on streaming networks. They just erased a show that some people really liked. And they just erased mm-hmm. it. You can't even get a DVD of the full first season. You can get a, a DVD of the first half of the first season. <laughs> so yeah, that's stupid. Star Trek is like all streaming services collapsing 
So uh, this is not going to last very long. So it really pains me that they made Picard because it was just a trash fire from beginning to end. And uh, I know some people enjoyed, even Greg enjoyed the third season. I pretty much explained everything I hate about the third season. And I could actually go on, but I'm not going to. <laughs> but no, I could talk about it for a long, long time. I didn't even, <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to start a little so, bit. So everyone knows Greg is grabbing his microphone. He's getting real. Well, I always grab the he, mic. But no, you're, you're clutching the microphone now. No, you're like, I am getting real don't, about this. Don't go over it. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's overboard. All right, let me tell you about this. Now, now I'm fucking grabbing the mic. Uh, I didn't mention this part to you, but at the end of the show, I so I didn't. Eat, I don't know if you bothered to listen. I don't don't expect that you would have. But I really, 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 really fucking hated the 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 last season of Picard because of how it was just a nostalgia thing from beginning to end, and it was it, it was cheap gross nostalgia that was just like let me remind you of all the things you, you're supposed to like about this show look phasers and photon torpedoes and you remember this ship like when they brought back all the people like they not only brought back the same all the crew from the original tng but at the end they put them in the same ship the old ship and they had them sit down at their same places and doing their same jobs like these people didn't grow at all in thirty fucking years. Oh, they got the same cast and everything. Yeah, and and they just and and, and they got onto the, the Enterprise and they just sat down at their like the the counselor just sat right you know she didn't have anything else to do but sit down beside the captain. The first officer you know sits right next to him and just you know is there to did Riker step over chairs? Uh, I don't even remember if he did sit that. No. Uh, I mean, if he did, he probably yay for him. Uh, but they all sat at their old their old stations and just went back to doing. And it's like, how how annoying was it for you when the Force Awakens came out and instead of and like Han Chewie just wanted to get back on the Millennium Falcon? Like, don't you think in thirty years they would have moved on or like not been like I mean, we have to do the same fucking thing again? You make a good point. Except I was, because of my child being at the age he was and everything, I was overtaken with the nostalgia. When that Millennium Falcon blew off the tarps and took off out of that place. No, I, I understand I that part, like, but, but. But when they blew up another fucking Death Star, I was uh -huh. like, come on. Right. Like, okay. Like, look, you could have that moment, but the whole thing shouldn't be. That moment again and again and again and again. Yeah, and again. searching for the, like hitting, like yeah, let's blow up another space station. That's yeah. the shape of a planet. Okay. Oh boy! You but know, you'll it's... like this part because they didn't mention it before. Was yeah. at, at the part of the plot of the the, the 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 overall it turned out plot was that there was something that was done to all of the transporters in in. In the Federation, such that everyone got dicks on their foreheads. Worse. Oh. A worse idea, believe it or not. Worse than dicks on a forehead. Worse than everybody gets dicks on their foreheads. They made it so that only people who are 25 or younger were were able to get this thing that put it got into their brain that turned them into Borg. Okay. When they got this transmission. And so the old people 
had to save the Federation from the woke mind virus. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. That fucking happened. Those fucking liberal communications companies. I don't even know whether that, like, it was so poorly thought out that I don't think it was, I almost think it was not meant to be that, but it it was so glaring. It was one anti-fa incel who, or not anti-fa, but one incel out there being like, I'm going to show them. It, it, it was, and I mentioned the part where the the, the Enterprise flies, you know, this, which is, it's a large, it's supposed to be a relatively, it's not a Star Destroyer size, but it's bigger than the Millennium Falcon, right? It flies through a, a moon-sized board cube like the Millennium Falcon. This is a ship that doesn't maneuver well, mm-hmm. but this thing is yeah. twips, flips and shit. It's a research the, vessel, not Right. It's an exploratory vessel. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the things that, that's interesting is, you know, you look at Star Wars, and and, and I remember Adam Savage was talking about this. How um, you look at Star Wars, and all the ships have little bits and pieces, and you know, junk on them. And mm-hmm. the Star the Star Trek ships are all very clean, very mm-hmm. sleek, slim, you know, sleek stuff. It's because of of that part I mentioned earlier, which is Star Trek is a utopia. You don't need that extra shit. Star mm-hmm. Wars, you get you, you use junk if you can if you yeah. need it. Like, and it's just part of the aesthetic. There's part the part about like flying through the board right. battles in space. Right. It, they're always depicted, almost always depicted as uh, in the air fighter jet type battles. Well, I mean, like the the, the it's, like the Khan kind of set the standard for for how those things should be done, and it was as you know, um, submarines or at least large vessels that you know they. Mm-hmm. They they were massive. They 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 took a while to move, and that was the combat. And there wasn't fighter combat stuff going mm-hmm. on. And to to turn that into fighter combat kind of ruins stuff. It it is almost the way I felt like when I watched the Last Jedi, and I thought that by just going too far into the World War II shit and having you know really slow bombers that drop bombs via gravity. It ruined some oh, of yeah. the the Star Wars shit. The, one of the points I wanted to bring up is a while ago I listened to this auto audiobook series from or it's a novel, but I listened to other books. I'm freaking lazy. Uh, from David Weber, uh, and it's um, the main character's Honor Harrington, and she's a captain of a starship. And the battle scenes in these books are so good because they're paced like sailing battles. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's like you have to you have to get the angle right to get the jump on the person. You know, it's there's no reacting faster. Yeah. But it's all about having the better plan and making the the right move, you know, and it's so good. It was so refreshing listening to slow motion space battles. Mm. Well, I mean, what's funny is there's actually a, a game out there that I haven't played, but I've read about it called uh, it's, it's called Children of a Dead Earth. It, it it's but the game is almost more of a simulation than a game and it's about somebody basically did a lot of research and wanted to figure out what it would be like to actually have space combat what that would actually look like and it you basically get ships he didn't he, he made sure that there was no technology that wasn't actually already true so there's no, there's no, not even fusion re- reactors, right? Okay. Um, so it's 
all things that exist. There's no artificial gravity. There's no. Uh, is there a budget? Phasers. Like, or is it like un- assuming unlimited budget? I mean, I, I'm sure one of the constraints on the game is that there's a budget, but but, uh, but there's, there's a the, sandbox. The technology mode. in the game probably probably assumes a budget way beyond. I mean, it, it, it assumes that people are you know have the budget to build these things, right? Mm-hmm. But so what they in instead of what you might think that what ended up happening, and I'm sorry if you're being bored, <laughs> what ended up happening is ships become long and sort of, uh, and, and tapered. One of the reasons is you want your heat at the end and you want your, you know, your crew as far away from your reactor as possible where mm-hmm. all the crazy stuff is happening. You, you want the, the ship to kind of have a conic thing because that's going to be your best armor situation for where your, for where your crews are at the, at the end of your ships, you're going to have, things dissipate heat and they're going to get like red hot because your ships are going to get really hot and you got to dissipate that heat in some way. And the only way to do it is you can't just pump up into the air like you can in, on earth. You have to do it via radiation. So there's no such thing as stealth in space. Impossible. People will see you from, as, as, you know, coming from uh, months away. So hmm. there's no way you're going to surprise anybody. Uh, you know, there, there's lasers can be useful, but only in certain situations. Part of kinetic weapons are going to be a lot better because they're going to just smash into things and, and you can just fire them and almost forget about them. And if they happen to hit somebody, then they're just going to be blown away. So it's funny you say that. Here's what the ships look like in that Hunter Arrington. Yeah. So the yeah. same kind of concept, a long fin. And so they described them as hammerhead. So I always had my personal visualization of something with more like a hammerhead shark, kind of like that one there, but more exaggerated. So when I pulled these up, I was kind of surprised to see that they look like double-headed dildos. Yeah. But I was going to say it, but you said it first. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's what it would take, look like in, in a realistic world where there's no faster than light. There's no uh, – the, the only thing you've got is, is, fusion, is fission power to, to mm-hmm. make stuff. Uh, and – you're dealing with the laws of physics and it, it, it's hell. <laughs> See, I figured there would be more booms. Like I figured the fission reactor would be out on a boom or something like that. Kind of like how our RTG space probes are today. Uh-huh. I would have assumed. Well, I mean, you can do that, but then it's more vulnerable. Yeah. Cause you're still doing warfare, right? So you have to mm-hmm. armor it. Yeah. I mean, I presume the weapons are guided and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 they're yeah. guided. Most of the, the, most of the combat is done by computers. Mm-hmm. You get in close and you let your computers do the targeting. Cause it's difficult. It's in three dimensions, not two, which changes a lot of things. You know, there's not, you know, Star Trek and Star Wars very much work on this two dimensional level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so for people listening, if they haven't heard of these ones, I just will make a plug real quick. The first book in the series is called On Basilisk, Basilisk Station uh, from David Weber. It's part of the Honor Harrington series. You can get them on Audible. If you sign up for a description, you have one book free, not paid by Audible, but I love the battles in that thing. Let's try And so. I want to hear, sorry, did I, did I huh? interrupt you? I want to hear from you, Shannon. What's going on? From me? Yeah. As as Sean Evans would say, this camera, this camera, this, this camera, camera. What's going on in your Give life? Give us a subject. Give us a subject, and let's go on it because I've been I've been monopolizing the show so far. I don't know. Okay. You Thanks, uh, <laughs> basically just got a new job. 
Practically, yes. I mean, Ooh. no. I'm I mean, still, she's doing the same role, but I'm for still, like a new, I'm an extra person, an, an extra person, another entire org at Microsoft. Okay. So and three time zones away, so that's gonna be fun. Yeah. I mean, I work with people in Tucson, and they're right now three time zones away. Well, I I found out today that it's not just it's not just uh, one time zone. Yeah. I'm so sure. that org is primarily in India and Shanghai. Oh, and Ooh, that's that's so even further. Away. It's gonna be well. A, no, a, actually, a, a, the Shanghai. You're better than out in Redmond because you can have a for the few hours in the morning. I, I work with a couple people in Shanghai too, and the seven to nine a.m. window there, mm-hmm. like that's a better time than they have with anyone out in Redmond. So, well, that's good. Except the manager is in Redmond. So, anyways, yeah, officially uh, yesterday, I started um, this new. It's not a new position. It's just a, an added. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you got the Wookies after you now. Sorry, good. Come on, get to the point. <laughs> I it, I was just added yep. more responsibilities and uh, doubled yep. the amount of team that I am going to be um, supporting, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But it's scary because, yeah, it's a whole new, you know. I mean, as somebody who's still dealing with the artifacts of getting a whole bunch of more responsibility, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I got I got a commiserate time. upgraded pay and responsibility and I mean I think I'm good at it. Uh I think I I got what I deserve. Uh, but it's also I mean you you have to care. <laughs> I there's a lot more than that that it it's it's funny because hmm how can I put this? I don't have to do work that I did before in some sense, because there are things that are just sort of, I don't have to deal with, but if I needed to, I could do it. Right. Cause I have all the experience with it. Like I could go and do, are you organizing more work or are you managing people? Like what are you I'm not managing people? Um, are you like influencing what people need to do though? Yes. Yeah. And, and I'm also charting the course for the future of the product. So, uh, and dealing with the repercussions that, that, that comes with that. Mo- a lot of the repercussions are things that other people have decided for the product. And I have to figure out how to get it to work. Mm-hmm. But there are cases where I can say, we should focus more on this rather than this. So I do have a lot more ability to make that decision than I ever did before. But it comes at a cost, which is that... <laughs> A lot more things I have to worry about than I ever did before. Yeah. And uh, a lot more things that I have to be cognizant of and that I have to make sure that I communicate well. Mm -hmm. There is a, if I can give you any advice, one of the best trainings that I have taken, and I think it's applicable to where you are, it's called Situational Leadership Mm 2, S-L-I-I, S-L, Roman numeral 2. 
and it's it's really good. So like look into your company's training stuff to see if they have anything about SL2. If they don't have it, I would recommend asking for it. Uh, the basic is, and then I'm going to speak about it from the manager point of view. Yeah, let, let me let me do okay. make this thing. But so I'm much more on the architecture engineering side. I know, but if you have to influence directions of teams, then I think SL2 is okay. good. Okay. So now what I'm going to say next doesn't really sound like influencing directions of teams, but it all does come back in the end, and that is the the core tenant of SL2. Situational leadership is you, and like I said, I'm going to speak exact specifically about management of people, but I it has a greater. But let me just talk about that because that's like that's what I'm prepared to talk about, and that is like for each of your reports, you assess them on what level they are in, and not overall for the whole company, but in different aspects. And there's four quadrants of SL2. It's almost like Dunning Kruger. A little bit, kind of, sort of. I'm going to use it because I know you know what Dunning Kruger is. Level one well, is wait, Dunning. I, I don't think you, you you're right on no no because Dunning Kruger is is not a. You're thinking of Myers Briggs. Okay, what's Dunning Kruger? Dunning Kruger is the effect where somebody thinks they know they learn a little bit about something and they think they know everything about it. No, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay, all right. So level one is the kind of the unaware optimist, right? They're they're new to the role, they're super optimistic. So they are highly motivated, but they don't know where they're going, so they need high direction. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's like the person like, oh my God, I'm awesome at this. Blah, 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 blah. I think I am an expert, but I'm not, because it could run a thousand miles in the wrong direction, right? So and you must be, you must have heard to experience that with, with your new, with new people you have under you, right, Shannon? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's just, it, it's sort of the thing that, you know, new people, they, they've, they have a get up and go to them, if yeah. nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So high motivation, but they need high direction. And then level two, it's that slope of the Dunning Kruger, almost at the peak of Mount Stupid, where they realize they don't know very much and they're losing their motivation. Well, the peak of Dunning Kruger is not, is when they don't realize. It's when they realize that the they valley get of into despair. the valley. Yeah. All right. But the peak of Mount Stupid, Okay, maybe I'm, yeah, so right after the peak of Mount Stupid, towards the Valley of Despair, is level two, where they don't have, again, they don't, they're not motivated, so they need high support to stay motivated, and they need high direction. So that's where a manager spends most of their time on the level two people. Level three is the next step of development, where they've gained the competence, but they don't have the confidence. So they need support still but not direction because they know what they're doing. They just don't know it yet. And then level four are the stone cold killers who, you know, know what they're doing and you know, can give them something to do and they'll get it done. Yeah. Honestly. So low support, low direction. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, my manager, you know, we do a one-on-one every two weeks and it's just basically to talk about yeah. what's bugging me. So, you know, and it's not a person globally. It's like, okay, when you're talking about this person, about this kind of aspect, where are they at? What kind of support do they need? Um, so everything I've said is about people management. Here, if you want some of that beer, it's right here. I poured a bunch, but I feel like a... But since you're influencing roadmaps and stuff, I think part of that kind of plays in. I don't know. Just think I about mean, it. Like, uh, the engineering team is, re- is really small. Uh, 
we make a lot of our own choices and we are very much disconnected from where I came from, which is the support side, right? That's where I started mm-hmm. uh, in support of this product. And now I am the top engineer on this product. So it took me nine years. <laughs> not a bad, uh, not a bad climb. No. Um, but it's a lot of, uh, it, it, it's, it's a lot of work, but I don't, I, I make it my point to, uh, to communicate very, very, very well, especially since when I was in the position where I was at before, there wasn't a lot of communication and I really wanted that. So I, I'm trying to bring that. Uh, and so I'm always there open and, and I made a, made sure that there's a meeting that, that happens every two weeks between the engineering side and the, the leads on the, the operation side. Uh, and also i Occasionally, we'll join their the the dev meetings they have with with the uh, you know the the juniors and stuff like that, just so I can be there and, and answer any questions. It's not the never they're never telling me anything new, but if I you know I'm just sort of there to be so I can so it looks like if nothing else, there's somebody from the engineering team. You know, like there's this it's it's weird to say because but I'm like the big wig in mm-hmm. on on this you know. They know that I'm the the guy who's who's on the top of this chain, and I'm there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a vested interest yeah. in them and mm-hmm. what they're doing. And sounds like to help them. which is important. Sounds like you also need to take the coaching habit uh, training. That which, was a really good one too. It's called the coaching habit. It's an external training from Microsoft that we hired in, mm-hmm. so you can find it elsewhere. But it, it's it'll teach you how to ask the more coaching questions and be more of a coach versus a director. Yeah. I mean, maybe that so, might be, but helpful. that what allows that allows your, your close associates to make more autonomous decisions on their own kind of thing, you know, so it frees you up to do more stuff and lets them do more. Yeah. Stuff, I mean, so. I don't, I don't get in their way. Yeah. My, I always say, look, I'm always open to questions and please ask me questions if you have them. And I, my promise to you is I will either answer them or I will, tell I will or I will tell you who you can ask that question mm-hmm. I will try to get to your questions you know like as quickly as possible like within uh, hopefully a couple of minutes and I will either answer it or get you in touch with someone who can answer it so it is my promise is not that I will you know devote a bunch of time to, to necessarily answer your questions especially if they don't have it mm-hmm. but I will find a connection for you and some people, you know, like like you'd expect, some people have taken advantage of it and some people haven't. And that's fine because if I was constantly inundated with <laughs> questions, I wouldn't be able to get anything done anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but I try to be available. That's, I think, the, the most important mm-hmm. thing. And there are, there were, <laughs> there are cases, there were one or two things where something has come up and someone has asked me a question and I've been like, uh, oh yeah, uh, let me fix that. And I just, you know, would do something that takes me three minutes and it would take them a couple hours just to to do the research and stuff to figure out what the mm-hmm. heck it is. It's like, I have a script, but we'll do this right away. So don't, don't worry about it. Uh, but I always explain what I did and show them to show them work. Yeah. Uh, so I try, but yeah, I've never had like formal training of that, but uh, also Baba Bowie. But it sounds like you're in a level now where you influence a lot of people. And especially with the coaching stuff, it's all about 
getting the people you interact with to figure the answers out on their own. Right. Right. And that makes them, it advances their career first off, you know, and it, it frees you up. So you're not inundated with these questions the next time, or all you have to do is come up with the clever coaching question of <laughs> how would you answer that? Or well, what is the most important thing about this problem to you right now? You know, like things like mm. that, <laughs> that, that feels very, but it works. It's good stuff. It sound. I mean, I'm not the instructor of the training. Mm-hmm. I have tried to adopt some of the stuff, but I'm not a pro at it. So if I sound clunky at delivering things, but sure. like the coaching habit questions, there's like seven questions and they really like in, it cuts through the bullshit in a meeting and gets to the crux of the problem, you know, things like that. So well, like I, one of the ways I approached it is I don't, I don't take seniority as a given and I'll accept an idea. From, if an idea is good, mm-hmm. great. And also my feeling is let everybody get their opinions out. I will argue vociferously for my point, but when the groups decided the decision is made, it doesn't matter if they made, if they worked on my, if they decided to my, to do my idea or not. Decision has been made and you just go forward with, mm-hmm. with what's been decided. So I feel like those two are the, 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 the pieces of like how to conduct yourself that I rely most on. Any idea is it, it doesn't matter where the idea comes from. It can still be a good idea. And don't w- once the consensus is reached, don't fight it anymore. And be willing to reach a consensus, I guess is a sub part of that one. Cause yeah. there are plenty of people who aren't. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the things I found in the company I work at, one of the reasons I've been there for nine years is, is that it's the people who are jerks don't last long. The people who are really just caught up in their own crap and, and bring other people into it come with a really bad attitude. They tend not to last long. And mm-hmm. that's, that's good. And, and this company has a very, uh, really good attitude towards employee health and employee like the just employees being mentally well. Yeah. I mean, having, having the unlimited PTO as an example of that. Yeah. We have that too now. It's, it's so much better than having to worry about fitting in your vacation thing. I mean, you may like, feel existentially worried about, am I taking an extra week and not people are going to, I've, I've moved past that from my perspective because I feel like I don't, I I don't take enough vacation at all. Like I deserve to have more vacation to take more vacation than I take. I've taken so far. I want to say I've taken a week and a half. Definitely not. It's, it's, it's August or it's not August, it's June, but almost July. Yeah. Um, just a couple hours away. And <laughs> yeah. And you know, my first big bit of vacation is going to be uh, in the beginning of August. And that's just you know. my company, you know, just went to unlimited vacation and it was the year where I maxed out my seniority vacation of five weeks. Uh-huh. And right now, yeah, I'm not on track to take at least five weeks, you know? Um, 
I got too much work to do. I could take five, but it was like, uh, there's no way. Not with the amount of workload that you have. You know, right now. I, if I, I mean, there's too much. There's too much bit. I care about making sure it gets done. I'm taking, I can't. I'm taking two next month. Right. I'll take at least two more through the fall. Do you think? I'll take one around Christmas, and I'll take maybe two or somewhere in there. Oh, I definitely. So we take we we have the last week of Christmas off at our company, and I've taken the uh, the last couple of years. I've, I take the week before that off too. So that's so I. It's a nice. It's a nice thing at the end of the year to get yeah. just like two weeks off and just yeah, yeah. We pretty much drown in video. It's games. a skeleton crew. The last few weeks, mm-hmm. the but then year. with the unlimited vacation thing, ours is called discretionary time off, is what they call it, and it feeds into. Don't feel bad about cutting out at three o'clock on a Friday because you're not productive anymore. You know, so you get a mm-hmm. few hours here and a few yep. hours there and that kind of thing too. So, you know, it all adds up because that makes you more likely to to do work when you don't when you wouldn't otherwise. Yeah, you know, going to stick around and 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 get this done, whereas you might feel resentful to you know in, in certain situations and and that resentment towards the company doesn't really come up mm-hmm. in in this situation. So, I think it really does. It, it cleaves off a bit and anything you lose from that cleave off, you, you gain back in, in what you get from your employees. So I presume you've seen, uh, across the spider verse. Yes. So good. So good. So good. You Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, I had dinner with the kids and, uh, it came up. I forget how it came out, but it came out great that, you know, they hadn't seen Across the Spider-Verse yet. They both wanted to see it. And then, you know, I had seen Into the Spider-Verse, the mm-hmm. first one with, you know, you know, you've given me the download. Like, because, like, that one had a really slow burn at the beginning, like, money-wise. Like, it was a flop in the theater, wasn't it? No. No? Okay. I thought no. it had a, I thought it didn't really get its cult status until like it won late. best animated feature at the at, at the okay so i mean like it, it it was i don't know if it was a huge success this second one was a really good big yeah success. yeah so um dinner with the kids on tuesday and it was like was it wednesday we went to see the movie I, yeah it was the next day so like I after we got back from dinner mm-hmm. we rented into the spider-verse on because i hadn't seen and and shannon watched it and i wasn't sure if she would be into a superhero it's animation. such a fantastic movie it's so like it, it doesn't matter if you care about superheroes because the story is so good and the characters are so good that it it doesn't matter yeah. it's yeah, just halfway a, into the show I was like, yeah, I want to go see the movie too. Yeah. yeah. You lose yourself in the world because you want to, because you feel, mm-hmm. and you get invested in this ridiculous story because it's so well done. That's what a good story does. That's why I'm, I'm that's why I'm so angry at like Picard mm-hmm. for, for, for missing the basic things that would so, be a good story. So anyway. across the Spider-Verse, it's in, so first off, I had no idea that the Spider-Man comic franchise had already done the multiverse. I thought the multiverse was invented in into the Spider-Verse kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that Peter Porker, you know, Spider-Ham. Oh yeah. Uh, I, that, I thought that was like I thought that was new. Years, yeah. Like I didn't know. I didn't know anything. I'm a total idiot. Um, uh, why would you Yeah. Didn't know. Yeah. That, just, uh, you didn't have to know. That's the great yeah. thing about it. You don't have yeah. to know. And then um where did I want to go? The yeah, the story for across this number two, across the Spider Verse, 
was good. I was curious what your thought was. Like, it seemed like uh, a lot of fan service, though. I mean, it was good. But I wonder what your thought was on the fan service yeah. of Across the Spider-Verse. I, I, I feel like. Because you don't like spam fan service. I don't usually. like fan service. I, I feel like fan service when it's when it's done really poorly. Do you know what that is? No. Fan service is when you do a sequel and you like do like all the super fans, you do things just to please just, them. Okay. So, yeah, like, no. In yeah. Across the Spider-Verse, that scene it. when they were at Spidey Central and they all did the pointing thing at each other, mm-hmm. you know, that was one hundred percent fan service. That like but but it, that there was, was a lot such of that a in the top gun. Yeah, 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 but as if you make it, if you if if you okay, so if somebody can enjoy what you're putting down, regardless of whether it's fan service or not, mm-hmm. then it's good. If it's only going to interest people because it reminds people of what they've seen before, then it's bad. Okay. So which was the Top Gun? Actually, I really enjoyed you like Top, Top Gun too, though. I. Did but there he was did. so much. Yes, Greg did, but there was so much of that in that movie. I think it was well done because if you have a well constructed story, then all that shit can can all that shit's fine. I thought it was. If you make fan service the point, then you ruin it. See, I I don't have the same perspective. I think Maverick was on the other side of that line. I mean, I think it was a victory lap. It was. So I felt like it was. It it, it was. You could watch that movie and enjoy yourself and not have watched Top Gun at all. Oh. And you would have okay. not lost a thing. Well, all right. Okay. Yeah. So a movie that is fan service and bad is a movie that doesn't make sense on its own. Right. The, the stuff that is appealing is only going to be appealing to people who know about this shit. But don't you get, but don't you get, I mean, it's kind of like Star Wars blowing up another Death Star. It's like, I've seen this before. I don't need to see it again. I mean, I mean, I, you know, Maverick blowing up another Russian. I didn't hate The Force Awakens. There were things that I didn't like about it, but I didn't hate The Force Awakens. I hated the, I really hated Rise of the Skywalker. Because there was nothing in there that was interesting at yeah. all. I thought Force Awakens could have been a harbinger of something good and new, even though it re-did re- beats. Mm-hmm. It did take them and did enough of a twist that I would have been okay with it if they would have continued on the path and they had a plan, right? Um, or, or they or they were doing or they were writing it well. All right. So for the Force Awakens for me. All of the Han and Leia, Millennium Falcon, and R2-D2 and C-3PO, I'm fine with that. When they blew up another big round battle station, it's like, that was, to me, that was the line. That was the step too far. Like, do you have no imagination? <laughs> just make it a cube. I'm not saying it was great. I'm just saying that I didn't, I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Um, But... I don't it's I, you can also do fan service in in a in a in a like one of the ways that I think one of the fan servicey things that Star Wars got into that Lucas did was lightsabers making them such an important thing and making these battles into big like choreograph nonsense huh. when they did they did not have to be 
there did not have to be a st- ten minute sequence with with Obi Wan fighting. It's it's Anakin. It's, at the it's end. an homage to samurai movies and stuff though. Yeah? But those don't last ten minutes, and though and they aren't they aren't crazy like some. I mean, some of the Bruce, I mean Bruce Lee kung fu stuff can be very acrobatic and visually. Yes, you can fight scenes are like dancing. So I get that, but it doesn't have to be. No, and most sword fights in history end really quickly. And, but and the, the, I mean, the, I, the point I, of it is like those battle scenes are about the emotion of the characters. That's you should feel the emotion of the characters in that scene. That's what a good dance number does. Mm-hmm. It gives you the emotion of the character. When it just feels like you have emotional things and then you just cut to a very choreographed thing where it doesn't actually they're not actually putting their energy into the strikes. They're just making sure they're on time mm-hmm. with the, with, with the dance moves they were given. Yeah. Okay. That's bad. Yeah. That's not good dramatic presentation. That's what I care about. So that to me, like bad fan service is taking something. Look, everyone loves lightsabers and everyone loves lightsaber fights. Let's make it into this, this, this really cool stunt thing. Not because there's an, there's actual emotion here that we want to express. But because wouldn't look cool to see a laser flashing around on screen. They should cut to the Broadway of Coruscant, where they have the Jedi musical, where they're doing all these like, oh, you know, like horror, horror, horror. The Jedi's are the things that used to be. Let's make a musical of the Jedi's and have the that'd be hilarious. No, that would you could get that to work. Let's take a pin out of your thing about the Wesley in in, in TNG, because one of the things that this last episode of Star Trek did is it established that there are actually two other sci-fi franchises that are running inside of Star Trek. And it works just fine because Star Trek is big enough for that. Okay. There's Highlander. It turns out that there's a a group of of people who've been living on earth for for thousands of years. It just happens to be, there just happens to be, there there are aliens that, that were doing that. It, it's okay because it can fit into the world mm-hmm. just fine. It do, it doesn't feel anachronistic, right? It doesn't feel like you're, you're destroying the world by mm-hmm. doing that. Okay, but it's there, and you can also imagine a whole series based on that, right? But if you don't have to, but it can live in there. The other thing is uh, this temporal stuff. There's a very there's a quantum leap thing where where there's okay. there's a there's a temporal part of Starfleet is going up fixing fixing events that are that are screwed up. So there is that that also exists. In Star Trek. And you can even imagine a series based on it. But the world is big enough that sure you could do that. It doesn't feel like that that destroys Star Star Trek for you. No, that's just yeah, that's just that would be I mean, I don't know if that's fan service. That would be that could be really fun having the Scott Bakula of of Star Command. It could be of Starfleet like jumping into well known scenes of like all the Star Wars. It could be really fun. It, it, you could do a lot with it. You could you could do both things that you've seen and things that you haven't seen. Yeah, right? with, That's enu- the fun with enough part. animation and computer graphics and AI, you could jump into these scenes. And but your your idea was Wesley as Wesley a- is just an angst ridden teenager, like because he seemed yeah. like this super mature, like 
teenager above his station, you know, thrown in the Starfleet, like Doogie Hauser, right? And instead of that, like have him be this just like fucking rotten, like hating his life teenager. And I mean, the show of the new Star Trek that I like the most, which is Lower Decks, is an animated show, which is a sitcom that happens to take place on board a, a, a Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's a sitcom about, about the the lowly ensigns who happen to be on on a, a Starfleet ship. Not the best ship in the fleet. It's not the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's some it's it's a California class. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, support engineering support ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. You can tell, and, and you know, crazy shit is happening. But the the ensigns are de- dealing with their with with their little bullshit mm-hmm. that yeah. that's on their level. So you know, it, it's it's a it's an office like sitcom kind of in in that in that world. Yeah, and the world's expansive enough that that's fine. You could totally do that. Uh, you still have you still have to have that. They're always doing the right thing. You know, they're always going to be mm-hmm. good to each other. Yeah, they're always going to be accepting of each other. That kind of thing. There's still conflict. It's not like they don't, you know, dislike certain things about each other, but they'll always come together as a crew if they need to in the end, that kind of thing. The idea of basically a Dawson's Creek on which is what you're talking about, basically yeah. on, on a starship, that could work too. <laughs> it just happens to be a Dawson's Creek on a ship that is encountering crazy shit in the universe. That sometimes made that 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 gives you the excuse to do crazy episodes. Of freaks and geeks. Freaks and geeks. Why? I mean, the only thing about it is that freaks and geeks. There is an implication that these people are sort of shut out from the rest of. The world, yeah. Whereas in Star Trek, there there has to be that undertone of acceptance, or else yeah. it, would be, it would feel anachronistic. Yeah. So that's part of that, but it could totally work otherwise. You're still gonna have angst and teenagers. Totally. Who? Who? You pass. don't. You don't just like stop being angst ridden. Mm-hmm. Teen just you, hormones don't stop just because you're in space. Oh my god! Speaking of angst and teenagers, so I'm not sure how much you know, but like the kids don't come over regularly anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, they basically, Allie, you know, they, they didn't like coming over, and when they were over, they you saw they were never interactive. They were always miserable. And what, did you, did, she's guys, making sure I don't put my foot in my mouth. I think, but uh, I'm taking this to a good place. Me. That's good. That's good. Um, you know, and so I agreed to like not enforcing like custody timing and stuff like that. <laughs> and you know, the kids haven't what been over. Have, kids haven't been over in mm-hmm. a while, mm-hmm. long since we started the show okay. about. But I go to dinner with them, and we do things on the weekends. But they're always like short little sprints of stuff to yeah. do. You know, like they're teenagers. They, like, they don't want to hang out for five hours. Yeah, get it. Um, and with it, Allie has really come around. We have like, she's maturing, but we've had conversations Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And then like this past week when I went to dinner, she's like, dad, I want to come over and have you like reteach me the, the knots that used to teach me when I'm camping and stuff. Let's go up in the woods and like do knots and stuff. And then, um, and then when she said that, I'm like, well, I know we've talked about this before. And you really weren't interested in going camping. But if you want to do that, do you want to go camping for a weekend or something? Like, she's like, yeah, that'd be a good idea. And then Max is getting into the age where Allie was. Mm-hmm. And he's totally not being mean or a dick or anything. I think where he is is 
he can't think of anything that he feels is worth saying. Right. So he's being really quiet and stuff, you know. Uh, a couple, about a month ago, we had some time, just me and him, and we just came back here and through the Frisbee and went to the park and stuff. And I guess, you know, he did, you know kids, they, they don't let you know how good a time they had. But, like, when they go back home, Heather sends me a text. Like, the kids seem like they, you know, they, like, had a really good time. So, like, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm patting myself on the back, but it was... I'm going to cry here. It was refreshing. It was... Well, I, it was the previous year was tough, right? And now it's like, I feel like I'm getting out of the tunnel and things are in a good spot and it's awesome. But like, what 15 year old kid is like, hey, dad, I really would like you to teach me knots. Take me out in the woods. And teach like, me. Like, no, 15-year-old kids are like, Dad, you're stupid. I can figure it out on my own. You know? Like, that's all. The I- kids that some conservatives, the world that some conservatives dream about features that. Like, the the old 40, you know, 50, 50s shows where the beaver would be like, Dad, yeah. I, yeah. I, I want to be with you all the time. Leave it to beaver, you know. But that's it. That's I mean, it. No, the, today in, in today's world, no, that? no, not at all. Uh, I think that you, what you the, the effect of it's kind of similar to the to, to the PTO thing. Give give your employees freedom, and they'll thank you for it. Give your kids freedom, they'll appreciate it. They're going to appreciate it on their level, not necessarily on exactly the level you want them to. Well, but they are going to. Appreciate I mean, it. Allie gave me the cold shoulder for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, so now that Max is getting quiet, he's not. I wouldn't consider a cold shoulder. I, I like I said before. I just think he just can't figure out what to say. Yeah, it is funny because my parents taught me exactly up. They taught me to be obnoxious. <laughs> you, you've seen that in in how they act, and and I I, I do remember being at uh, except for this now that's all warmed up. This is the um the burial the burial. Oh, very good. Yeah, and came good. around quite a bit. Um. Anyway, where would I say? I was. I was at. I was at uh, the seder that I, the that my parents put on, and things that I noticed them doing, and things that that I that I knew that I would do, and the people. Thankfully, I have friends like Jeff and like my friend Damien who would have who taught me, who, who said when I did stuff like that, they didn't disown me and they didn't they didn't reject me, but they said don't do this anymore. <laughs> stuff like when people would say something. That was a wrong pronunciation, and I'd correct them how to pronounce it correctly, like immediately. What? That was just something my parents taught me to do. Uh, so, like, did and 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 they were doing that at the seder, like when when mm-hmm. someone would read a word that they didn't quite know how to pronounce, and and oh, a word in Hebrew? No, not even oh, a word in Hebrew. Oh, okay, like someone would say in, instead of, uh, and the first thing that comes to mind weirdly is like, I don't think this was was one of them, but parsimonious and they said like parsimonious mm-hmm. and then my mom would go parsimonious mm. right and that's just how how dinner happened at my place and that was it was and it was not understood to be you're stupid it was no that's how you say it mm-hmm. so it wasn't that my my mother was insulting somebody but that's how it came across mm-hmm yeah. And so 
I had to bite my tongue a lot when that kind of stuff happened because they're also can, at the age when it's is hard there to any avenue to let your mom know in a place of trust how some people might feel that comes across. Yes, but I don't feel like she's at the age where she'll listen. So his parents I, are a lot. I've met him twice. Yeah, they're I, I, a lot. I don't know your parents, but I know how I was with my kids. So my the the way I raised my kids was if I if it was easier for them to hear the truth from me than it would be from somebody else. Mm -hmm. So, and I still to this day, if one of my kids, although I didn't do it with Tyler last time we were down there, he said, I can't remember what he said that was incorrect, and I did not correct him. Um, So maybe it changes as I get older. I don't know. But when they were growing up, I... I was the one that always did correct them when they mispronounced something mm-hmm. or, you know, I, I don't, I didn't do it to other people, but to my kids I did because I, I, I was a strong believer in I'm their mom. It, 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 I would rather them get that constructive criticism from me than, than from somebody else or or not be constructive criticism at that point. No, if, you if know, that was something that my else. parents only did to their kids, then it'd be different. But okay, they did that to so everybody. So they did that to everybody. They did that to everybody. Oh, okay. And that's oh, what, what I was that's... taught. Do it to everybody. If somebody says something wrong, correct them. Just say their correct word. Don't don't say, oh, it's actually for that. Just say no. I didn't realize how obnoxious it was until people like Jeff and, and other people told me. I, I don't remember this interaction. I mean, maybe I did. I don't. I don't, I don't know if you, if you necessarily said yeah. it that way, but it, you know, you definitely implied it by certain things, uh, which and it's good because it's it's helpful, yeah. especially you know, especially the role you're in now. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm glad that I that people like you cared about me enough to yeah. to not just reject me outright and to but but be like no put put me on the right track about about things like that. So. Thank you. But well, also, you're welcome like, if I did it. <laughs> like I have but like I said, no recollection. It's something that now, you know, I see so so clearly. And and when it happens, I ooh, it it, it rubs me very wrongly. Mm-hmm. I can see. Yeah. How, have you how's your have you talked about this with your sister? How she Oh yeah. How well, like what's her point like she the same point of view as you? Oh, she and I are very similar in how okay. we like this. But you've 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 We've grown up apart from each other. Well, that's know, so. the funny thing is, is you know, when we were kids, we hated each other. Yeah. When we were in the same house. Is not. she younger or older? She's older. Four years older. She's in a rock band. She is. And she, does she still write for a newspaper or? She, she writes for, she, yeah, she does, she does thoughts for like Politico and uh, doesn't, she doesn't write for the Boston Globe anymore, but she does writing stuff. So. She's in a rock band. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Okay, they they uh, they were on Kelly Clarkson's show, and they uh, they they even signed like a, a deal, like uh, just to the option their story. Yeah, for a movie, yeah. just just for well, the movies you'd love on like the holiday. Yeah, Hallmark Channel. But. I don't know if they, they don't have anything. You say that? I doubt anything I, will come. I do of love it. that. No, because I can't even watch them anymore. <laughs> They're called the Lazy Susans. They're in Boston, and it's a bunch of moms who uh, got together during the pandemic and decided to do a rock band. Oh yeah. wait. Okay. Pin that. Okay. 
All right. Uh, but yeah, so my sister and I, we are, yeah, like after, once she went to college, it almost instantly became very close. Uh, just, and, and because, you know, we came up, we grew up in the same environment and, and we're learning the same things about ourselves and about the world. Um, she was always more on the liberal side. I was much more on the conservative side when I was growing up. And, and even when you knew me mm-hmm. and uh, she was trying to convince me for a while. And then it was, it was the financial crisis that turned me into a stinking socialist flaming liberal. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm a socialist until I encounter other socialists and I become an arch capitalist because I feel like you guys have no idea how the fucking world works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a socialist because I want there to be, you know, equality is, it sounds like a good idea to me. Mm-hmm. Equality sounds better to me than, 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 than the other options. Uh, I, I, I'm a capitalist because I recognize that uh, entropy is a part of the world <laughs> and there are limited resources. And so like evolution figures out long before we did. So a new, a new pin is what you just said versus a previous view that you had. Maybe it's the same view. Maybe it's not. I want to explore it. Yeah. But you used to talk about like, Oh, there's enough money in the government to to have a stipend for everybody. You know, that I still think that's probably true. Okay, I I, I think that a, a universal, basic universal income is probably a, a, a better idea. I just think that, like, let's stop all oil production is stupid. Mm-hmm. Not only is it dumb to think that a you could do that, it's also dumb to think that. You could turn an entire economy on a dime. That's not how mass works. There's a thing called inertia. Learning about physics is great because it teaches you everything about the world. Almost, it teaches you things that are fundamental that exist in in all sorts of contexts. It's really interesting how like the inertial metaphor goes into economics because it, it it's a learn, really good metaphor. When you learn fundamental things about the universe, they matter in situations that they don't that mm-hmm. you wouldn't necessarily think that they that they matter but they do because that's what it's what the universe is built on why wouldn't there be reflections of it but yeah so the other thing is th- that i keep trying to tell people is how much plastic do you use a lot like Wait. all of it where do you think that plastic comes from how, why do you think plastic is so cheap because we're gushing oil out of the ground like <laughs> if 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 we had to limit the oil, then plastic would become ridiculously expensive, and everything you know of is covered in plastic. It would be nice to see a reversion nice. away from plastic, but it but, would be problematic. Like Shannon, like shopping for produce, first thing she does is puts it in a mm-hmm. plastic bag. Because I'm not I'm not shitting on you. I'm just saying it's your no, habit. Absolutely. It's what you do. There's the and it's what I've got some. It's what bags, the economy. But, but it's, this doesn't mean I always have them around with me. And and frankly, the plastic bags are so much more convenient and easy. I am not trying to. I'm not trying to dump on you at I, all. I'm saying it's it's a you're a victim of the situation. It's not normal for you to take that celery stock and throw it right on the conveyor belt of the checkout thing. Like that's dirty, no. right? But. If I would remember to take in my reusable but the, grocery bags, the produce, I wouldn't even put the still produce. Put, you you no. still put it into a, I I would absolutely put it into a bag because that's how that's how you get you wrap it in in, in paper towels and you put it in a plastic bag and you put it in your fridge and it'll last a lot longer. Now that's not the most like 
if if you were living, you know, hundred years ago, you wouldn't have that option. But we do, mm-hmm. and it's also not the 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 best way to you know to 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 live. If I was trying and, to, to, and the the dedication it takes to get swing top glass containers to get your meat put in mm-hmm. at the butcher, like that's like who does that? Just the crazy crazies do that right now. But that's that's the sustainable way to do it, right? Is you take these swing top containers mm-hmm. to the butcher and say, "Put my meat in there," right. you know, and and don't use uh. If you're going to wash something, use a dishwasher because that is a lot better with yeah, water. Absolutely. Don't use a technology don't use connections. Running water. Technology mm-hmm. connections caught me that taught me that. Yeah. Basically, oh, his you point. You didn't know that already. I thought the dishwasher was less efficient than just rent, doing it in the sink. Oh no! Like doing a couple of dishes here and there in the sink. No, no. And it makes sense now. But basically, when uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, technology connections guy. Uh, no, he's great. Yeah, but basically, basically says, is great. Basically, I, I basically he what he said, you can have a robot like do your dishes for you, or mm-hmm. you can do something else. I'm like, oh, fuck! Like I've been doing this wrong for twenty years. Yeah. Like I thought I was being more conscious of things by hand washing my dishes. Why do you think I throw? Almost everything in the dishwasher. It's not because I'm lazy. No, you you were ahead of the, you were ahead it, it of the curve. Is like because it, I know that it is yeah. more why economical. This... Or it's better for the environment. It's, it saves us money. And the, and the washer on does. On I water. want to point out what the washer says on it. Clean, dirty, dirty. dirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dirty bitch doctor. <laughs> the dirty bitch. I own. Nowadays, I only hand wash the stuff that I absolutely have to, which is mm-hmm. these beer glasses. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I put these in, in the dishwasher. They they, yeah, they wash those great. Right. Dishwashers say you don't have Jet Dry though. I'm not sure they come I'm beer. Scared to put they come beer clean, or do you get bubbles at. and shit? No, they 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 get really clean. Make sure you clean your dishwasher. Mm-hmm. You know, like every, yeah. you know, yeah. a little bit, every couple of, uh, every you know, 10 or so. I, I guess, uh, you know, back in the day when we had, I had a collection of silk screened brewery glasses. Those will go. Yeah. Yeah. That, silk screens don't last long in the dishwashers because they're, you're immersed mm-hmm. in a fluid for a while. That's yeah. what, that, that's funny. So I can put this in the dishwasher. Yes, you can. You absolutely can. If it doesn't get scaling, I'm good with it. It's not going to get scaling. We, I'm we, afraid that they would get. Well, see, that, this is an older dishwasher too, so I'm afraid yeah. that they'll bang and and get cracked. As long as like I, I do make sure that they're my, yeah. away from I'm, other things. I'm worried about the lime scale and stuff oh, like that. No, because I use that other stuff. That okay. Yeah, modern detergents are are way better. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what the, the thing that the technology guy like I I didn't know that. Do you have powdered detergent? I do. I use it. Where do you get it? <laughs> like no, I, they will find it. it. No, it took it took a while for you to find it. I did find it. I, I and I think it's running. It's running low, so I don't know where we're gonna get it again. But I did find it in one place. Probably at the Dollar General. Or no, something. no, it wasn't because I looked at the Dollar General. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um. So, Technology Connections is this great YouTube channel about. It used to be about like AV equipment, but now it's anything. it's kind of it's kind of anything. Everything. But but like it's anything now. But its core was like some of its best stuff are these like. Seven hour deep dive. <laughs> we don't oh. do seven hour. Like the, the, on, his, on the CD? His, longest, his, his longest thing is like 
the CED his, was, his longest single video is like an hour, but like right. Most, but the most, CED was like five episodes, right? It was five episodes all about like. In, but he keeps he in a way that keeps it's interesting. So he's, good. He's though. light on his on his writing feet. Mm-hmm. He does. He does good. He does. He, he is really good at the at the jokes at his own expense that don't go on too long. Like he mm-hmm. he'll he'll do the joke that you were expecting, and then he may do a little joke you weren't expecting, and then that's it. He won't yeah. he won't dwell on it. It's which so is good. Great. But if you want to learn about VHS tapes or beta tapes or C, the RCA CED Toslink, that's oh, yeah. so good. Yeah. But um, toasters, toasters. Oh God, the the the, the toaster. <laughs> what a that's a fan. That's oh, a great. The fans, the fans are great. But the, the toaster is is a great video to get yeah, somebody because really the, the, the it it introduces you to this old you know fifties toaster that mm-hmm. like in a lot of ways is way better than any toaster. You what have. we have now, yeah. yeah. And I mean, in in many ways, it's not nearly as good as what we have now. It can't do anything other than two toast, for example. But at toast, it's. A toast of sliced the white bread. It's fantastic toast. at it. Yeah, <laughs> and he, like everything it does is, is is great at it. Like the only thing you'd do is you'd you'd probably in, in give a little bit better luck, like the 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 cord, and maybe not make sure it doesn't. Did get you see the hot. one that came out this week about that red fridge? Yeah, I haven't watched the whole thing. Oh, you're <laughs> yeah. definitely it's gonna have to watch hour. it. It's yeah. an hour on him trying to improve this cheap ass. Like mini fridge, mini fridge that that, mm-hmm. that that's a large a large size mini fridge that, that yeah that you know, looks, that's a with, retro with a, with a tiny single retro. compressor like so I've seen like enough of it to know where it's going but I didn't watch the whole thing but it, it's but there's, I, but there's a twist like it gets like yeah. so good at yeah. the end it's really good but yeah, there's none of his is is there's none of his videos I didn't love. It, it, even if it was a subject I didn't think I'd be interested in. And if you in. watch Connextras, is it his second feed? Yeah, and that is and that is hit or miss. Have you seen the ones where he's gone through the bins of junk? Some, oh, I think I've yeah. seen some of them. The bins of junk are so good. But it's like, I, it reminds me of somebody I know. I did want to say that the, the thing that he taught me about, about uh, dishwashers. I didn't name names. Wow, there was a big... <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, <laughs> that's such an inside joke that only you and I get. Yeah, I know that's why it's so good. <laughs> the thing that he taught me to dishwashers was not that it was more efficient. I I knew that already. Yeah, me the too. thing that he taught me was put in some stuff before pre-wash the pre-wash cycle. Mm-hmm. That was completely new information. Yeah, same. Uh, and so that was like wow, and then totally improved. Mm-hmm. How my dishwasher worked completely. Mm-hmm. That that was actually when I realized that we have a shitty dishwasher and we need to upgrade. Probably is it not? It doesn't. I mean, it's just we stopped pre-rinsing and we we're sucks. getting a bunch of chunks and stuff like it's that. So. Yeah, so we're gonna have to invest in a new one. That's probably who knows how old that. Yeah, it's it's not a great dishwasher. No, it's it's really old. The dirty bitch dishwasher. <laughs> it's a dirty bitch. <laughs> Oh, Even Cooper agrees. I don't know if you can hear that based on the what's going on, but uh, Cooper, Cooper is, is barking in the background. Uh, I wrote a note here. What was it? Are you guys a fan of any philosophers? Like, say, I'm a fan of philosophy talk from Greg Weiss, but I don't know. I'm much a fan about of Greg. Are you? Are you? I'm yes. a fan of Sakura T. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So super heavy elements. You want to talk about super heavy elements? All right. I'm sure you know. I'm sure you're versed in some of this. Stuff. I mean, chemistry is not my strongest suit, but all right. All right, this is one I'd leave. No, no, no. There might be some interesting. There so, might, it, it might so. be like it, I mean, Victor, I don't, we're not going to be as good Ninoff. as technology connection guys, but hopefully we'll be able to. Does Victor Ninoff ring a bell to you? Is he a Russian who was involved in? He is a guy stuff? who was working at the German German the German element. So uh, the. Periodic table background for the listeners and for Shannon. You know what an element is? It's the first question. No, it's not. No, okay. What no, is- no. The question is name name seven elements. No, oh, um, no. An element is. Yeah, I know what an element is. It's okay. And I'm sure you know what the periodic table is. I do. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I know so for people element. who don't know. An element is basically a variety of an atom, right? Where you, like an atom has a certain number of protons and that changes its identity. Yes. So if it has one proton, it ha- it's hydrogen. If it has two protons, it's helium. Three, it's lithium. Four, it's beryllium. And all the way up to 118 or something like that. Right. He's looking at his laptop, by the way, guys. No, yeah, because yeah, why, why would you know that? Off the top of your head. So, you know, and so, (laughs) and then the periodic table of elements is this chart and it groups the different elements. No, 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 I had to correct you. Okay. The periodic table of element is a table that is constructed to show you the periodicity that occurs inside the period in, in, of elements Mm -hmm. as you move through specific structures. Okay. Yes. There's structures. It's not it's not just random. It's not like why does somebody design it like that? I just want to I want to make it. I wasn't trying to make it sound random. I was saying they're grouped by property. Mm -hmm. And that's a vague way of saying that their structures, the exterior structures are similar or the same. And in now chemist chemically speaking, in terms of chemistry, what matters is the electrons. Mm -hmm. How the electrons are interacting with the rest of the world. That's how, that's what is the defining piece of chemistry. So, but what's defining the, 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 the nature of the atom is the protons, which are in the, in the nucleus. So it's a, it's a very interesting dynamic where, and then you have neutrons, which just hang around for the ride. And sometimes there's more and sometimes there's less. And sometimes that kills you. Um, I could go, there's a lot to say about neutrons. Neutrons are a very interesting and important part. They're there to they're they're not I mean they're not there to do anything. But the reason why they exist is that they they make a an element more stable. Moderating factor. Yeah, they're a moderating factor in 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 because the electric charge is still a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. When you push protons together like that. The electric charge, the electric repulsion is a very powerful force and it wants to push them apart. But there's something else that's pulling them in. Strong nuclear force. It's a strong nuclear force, which is a facet of the strong force. It's actually a kind of after effect of the strong force. The strong force. Why are you turning your flashlight? It was an accident. You trying to see me better? Yes. The strong force is what keeps the proton itself or the new or the neutron itself together. The 
the strong nuclear force is an after effect of that. Almost like a shadow of that force. Okay. But it's still strong enough to hold the nucleus together. But it only is it's very short range. Extraordinarily short range, which is why as these nucleuses get larger, things get harder to maintain. Things start to oh, break Oh, so the, the cross-section of a heavy element is exceeding the boundary. And is is that why everything like above yes. lead yes. decays? Decays. And, and things smaller, too. Like, that, that was That's new news, right? That everything has a decay to it or something. Not everything. Can't. No, there are things that are, as far, as far as the standard model goes, completely stable. Hydrogen is completely stable. Helium is okay. completely stable. Helium two. What was the article that just came out this past week that about things decaying? What was that about? The, was things lighter than lead decaying, though. I don't remember. No, there there are two major science stories that occurred. One was about uh, uh, neutrinos from from the galactic co- from from uh, from another source of the the galactic core. The other one, I think, it was that. The other one was about the. Uh, <laughs> It's a big one, but it, it, it'd be a lot to get into, which is the gravitational wave background. There's there's something that I think about that discovery. Like I have a I have a speculative idea that I'm sure other people have thought of, but it it's pure speculation. It's not I don't even know if a realm comes a realm of conjecture, but there's a very interesting side effect of proving that to me that the gravitational background is there because so for those who don't know, Shannon, have you heard of the cosmic microwave background? No. So, you know, I'm sure you've heard of the big bang. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the, when the big bang happened, Everything in the universe expanded, uh, but there, the universe is also in a very interesting, different state than it than it is today. Uh, mm-hmm. For about three hundred thousand years after the Big Bang, which was fourteen or thirteen point eight billion years ago, but three hundred thousand years after it, for for that long, it was opaque. Like if you were to go back there, we think that it would have been light would not have been able to go anywhere because it would have, it would have been so dense that it just, it's this opaque plasma everywhere. At around 300,000 years ago, the plasma stopped being opaque and light started to, to be able to travel. And we can see that light from 300,000 years at, from 13.4 billion years ago. That's the cosmic microwave background. It, the universe has expanded so much that the light that was in, you know, possibly even gamma rays is now to the point where it's so red that it's, it's in the microwave area. It, it, it's not visible. So for layman's, uh, it went from the like blue is blue to lower than sound. It's, it's up. It's above sound. Well, Okay, fine, yeah. but it's it's an analogy yeah. that shows how things shift between sure. senses. Okay, and stuff sorry, like sorry to sorry to correct you, but yeah. I did I did want to yeah. point out that it's in it's below visible light by far, and it's, it's way below sound. infrared, above sound. Mm-hmm. But it's it's 
it's in the microwave range. That's why it's called microwaves okay. radiation. But it it it's coming from everywhere because the Big Bang happened everywhere. But this is three hundred thousand years after the Big Bang. Not a lot of time after Big Bang, but some time. We just discovered, or at least we think we discovered, it's not quite to the point where I would consider it proven, but we think we discovered what we expected to be there, which is a gravitational wave background. Now, everything, you know, every large thing has gravity. You certainly know what gravity is. I don't have to explain to you gravity. But we did discover, it was predicted by Einstein when he did general relativity that there would be gravitational waves. He never, he thought they would never be discovered because it'd be so hard to find them. The, the energy is, is so tiny compared to what you and I witness. But we actually have made devices that can actually detect waves that happen in space-time, the compression and moving of space-time when things like black holes collide. We've actually been able to do that. And now this new discovery is saying that when the universe began, like way further than... like. this is possibly the first couple of years after the Big Bang, if not earlier, the universe was set reverberated, reverberating, ringing by the Big Bang. And then there has been just constant interactions that have caused constant, just a jitter to the universe. Perturbances? You could say that. And we think we're on the verge we've got like a pretty good idea that we think we've seen this. We can measure it. So we're seeing stuff from the beginning of what we would call time. When the universe was opaque. Even before that, like possibly at the very beginnings of where we can understand. That's, that's wild. It's wild. But here's the really interesting thing that I think this brings up. And like I said, this is pure, not even conjecture. This is pure speculation. One of the most important understandings of the universe that we received in the 20th century was the idea of the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. Things are always moving. There's no, there's nothing that's still. The, the, the more, you know, it's, Velocity, the less you know, it's like Asian. There's a relation there. There's a there's and a mathematical the, relation that technically says that uh, it, it technically says that there are conjugate variables. There's error bars around every observation. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to get the, the the most technical definition correct, which is that conjugate variable variables conjugate variables don't commute. As a very technical thing, but it just means that there are certain things that are that that if you measure very specifically, for example, the momentum of something, a conjugate of momentum is position, and so you can't measure as accurately to to infinite precision the position of something if you measure the if you know surely that something was right there, the less you know about when it was there, and the more you know about when it was. There, the less you know about exactly where it was there. Okay. To give you an idea of, of what this might look like, if um, if you look at a wave uh, on a beach, let's say, and you can catch the whole wave, right, in, in this bit, then the question of, uh, then you can see 
the I'm trying to get this right because there there is a good thing I think I'm messing this I'm messing this analogy up. Go with the I'll, I'll help you. I'm, okay. I'm learning but here the, too. But I don't the know idea about the wave is analogy. that uh, if you if you see a bunch of waves together, mm-hmm. you can kind of measure the frequency of the waves really relatively easily. Mm-hmm. If you really zoom in really closely, you can measure qu- where the wave is, but you can't measure the frequency. Because you zoomed in too closely, so you see where it is at a certain point, but you can't see how frequently it's happening. If you zoom out, you too can't much, see enough of the slope to calcu- mm-hmm. to predict. Yeah, right. If you that zoom makes, out too much, you can see sense. the rough frequency of it, but you can't necessarily say where's the position of it because it's kind of everywhere. It's it, it's a bunch of them. It's not mm-hmm. one, so you can't really say where where's one. So that's the the uh, the quickest sort of analogy for for what this means, and that roughly gives you an idea. And this is a fundamental thing that that literally it means that in empty space things can happen that you wouldn't necessarily expect would happen. It's much more likely for things to happen if you looked, just because the nature of looking means that you are closing in on something. And okay, you know what? That's a much better analogy. Microscope. You zoom in on something, you're seeing less by the very nature, right? You're zooming in really, really closely so you can see less of the overall picture. Right. If you zoom out, you can see more of the overall picture, but you can't see necessarily. If, you look at, if you're looking at pond water, you can't see the bajillion microbes swimming mm-hmm. around in it. Right. You just see a puddle of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle says is at its core level, reality is waving. Reality is indeterminate at a certain point. What the cosmic- Everything's a probability, right? Everything has a probability of existing, of yeah. being right here, of – and at our scale – the probability is high enough that I can touch it. My hand doesn't go through it and I can grab it and pick it up. But And the fact of the matter is, is that one of the base assumptions of science is the Copernican principle. And that means that we're not special. What we see and what we observe is, is happening everywhere. The physics that we observe are the same physics everywhere else in the universe. Relatively simple idea, but it just means that if you measure how things work, there's not, you should be able to figure out whether there are things influencing it or not. And we've been able to discover four four things that are influencing things, gravity, strong force, uh, the weak force, electromagnetism. That's it. Like we've got, we've built really massive machines to try to understand it. We found these four things that, that, that interface with the universe. Mm -hmm. If things, if there's a gravitational background that's just constantly just on the even infinitesimal scales mixing things up, we don't know of a universe where that hasn't been the case. We haven't experienced mm-hmm. that universe. Is there a relation between uncertainty and a gravitational background? I don't know. I don't know either. It makes me very curious because one of the things that is one of, believe it or not, Roger Penrose's idea is that 
gravity and quantum mechanics gravity or quantum mechanics sort of emerges from gravitational effects that that the reason why we see lots of these sort of quantum things and the reason why quantum gravity is really hard is because at a really really tiny level gravity itself is affecting the situations in ways that are really hard to measure so i can go and i don't want to get further than that but it's just that there is a link between gravity and quantum mechanics which Yes, any physicist, they believe that's the case. We just don't know what it is because we can't, we don't understand it. Gravity doesn't make any sense in quantum mechanics. But we know that it had, there has to be a way to make gravity look like a quantum mechanical theory. It just, we understand the world too well. We understand how these theories work, these things called gauge theories. We understand that in every situation where we kind of counter a gauge theory, there is Another there, there's this other thing that comes along with it. This this uh, this gauge field. Every gauge field we know of, like the photon, is the gauge field of electromagnetism. The the, the gluon is the the gauge field of uh, of the strong force. The gauge field of matter of space is gravity. All of the gauge fields we know of, the photon, the strong force, they rep- we can represent them as particles. Bo- the, the bosons that are the photon, the gluon. Gravity is a gauge field. It's a gauge force. It, it, it works the same way. It's, it looks just like it. So there's a gauge field. You can quantize it because the universe is, is, is quantizable. So there should be gravitons. It's just the nature of how things work. So that's why businesses are like really looking for gravity. The problem is the real big problem is electromagnetism is, is the thing that defines our world. As far as we know, all the fact that you can hold on to something is because of electromagnetic forces. Gravity is 30 orders of magnitude weaker than electromagnetism for the sake of every study that we've done on quantum mechanics, it might as well be as if gravity doesn't exist on that level. It doesn't seem to impact things at all. It just isn't there, but we know it exists. You feel it when you fall down. You know what else exists? What's that? That jelly donut fill, uh, filling that you have in that glass right there. Which one is this? Hitchhiker. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's okay. what it tastes like, a jelly donut filling. It's a cinnamon that really helps. I got to go to the restroom. Okay. So should I pause or should I? No, you no, guys no, no, no. We're, we can we're, talk we're, about the right, jelly we're, donut filling that's right, in this uh, hitchhiker beer so, over here. So just don't talk about physics. What you know, does the universe have to do with jelly donuts? Let me tell you. No, let's just talk about this. Mm. Okay. Th- what do you this, think of this? Because What I wasn't expecting was the cinnamon. Okay. And the cinnamon to me really makes it because oh, yeah. I think otherwise it it would be almost like a too fruity, not quite sour enough thing mm-hmm. that would just it, that would just be like kind of a second fiddle to the burial. But the cinnamon adds that bit that that changes it into a different flavor, a different contextualization of those flavors all of a sudden i'm not thinking like this i'm thinking dessert and i'm thinking about Mm -hmm. a meal and and being able to do that 
is what is I think what the spice does in there. It, it sort of it it twists my frame of reference to pointing to a different way and say, oh, okay, now that I'm looking at this. <laughs> yeah. That's like expertly done. No, that's fantastic. Um this what I love silly. about this is it has it's the milk sugar mm-hmm. because it takes that sourness and it just yeah. dumbs it down and makes it just yeah really tastes like the filling of a jelly it, donut. It really is it, great without that sourness. To 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 what Jeff said earlier in the show when he says milk sugar, that is lactose. That is lactose. Yeah. 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 That is mm-hmm. if whenever I go to a brewery and I see on the menu that they have a milkshake IPA yeah. or a sour that has lactose in it, that's what I'm going for. That's the first one that I'm gonna pick because there's something about that uh, it, that coating, I guess. This is one of the. This is really one of the very best of these milkshake things that I've had. So, I typically am not a fan just because I find them too much to to drink very often. But this is really really good, and I think again it's that cinnamon that does it. I have a funny milk story. Uh, it's only funny because a better comedian than I am made a good joke about it. Uh, but it's so funny, which is apparently he grew up much like me. Uh, the comedian is Donald Glover. Yeah. Uh, he was talking about how he grew up much like me, where my parents made sure that what we got was 2%. That was the biggest mm-hmm. milk we got. We never got whole milk. Mm-hmm. And and he was saying, I'm just going to, Basically, do do what he, do his thing because it's basically exactly my story. Okay, he so so the thing is like I was like yeah I mean in two percent that's the thing and whole milk that's I you know that's not what I'm used to I don't I wouldn't go for it and then finally at some point have some whole milk and like oh oh this tastes like ice cream <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> Why have I been missing this out in my entire life? This is amazing. <laughs> and I would point out that I like I tried to do my parents who were still in the two percent bend. Whole milk is four percent. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It's not like two percent is like a it's not like it's you know, two percent means it used to be ninety-eight percent. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just half the cream. And it just makes it taste like water. Mm-hmm. Two percent milk sucks. <laughs> so if yeah. you, I grew up two percent, <laughs> and I actually went the other way, I went the skim, and now tasting two percent, it tastes fatty and oily and skim weird. milk is worse than two percent. Yes, it is. That's just it, that's just well, white water. I, I'm more of an almond milk person now. So yeah, you you are. So if it was first of all, I don't drink milk. I can't stand it anymore. That, Which I, I this one? Yeah. 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 It, it's sad. It's sad. 
Um, Leave this house now. (laughs) (laughs) I used to. I used to. It's just, I don't know, something that has changed. And I don't like milk anymore. Why now? Wow. 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 But, but, I will say, when I do decide to drink milk, which is maybe twice a year. Let me guess. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> Chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. Maybe a glass of milk. Not a glass, like, just, I don't know, four ounces. Um, I would prefer whole milk, but I don't buy it. Just get whole milk, man. You I know what? It. Here's what I do. So for us, I mean... The only reason we want cow milk is for, like, when she's cooking her mac and cheese or something. Yeah. Otherwise, it just oh. gets thrown out. Well, then get milk powder. It just gets thrown oh, out. No, no, no. no, that works great. No. No, no. Good milk powder works great. Too much PTSD for me. Oh. <laughs> so, like, for me, almond milk sits around in the fridge for forever yeah, so I can take my time to eat cereal and stuff. That's why... And I I recommend if you get whole milk, you get like if you want to make mozzarella cheese, do not do this because it won't work. But if you want to do anything else with whole milk, I think just get the the ultra high, um, ultra high pasteurized because th- they make it the way they do it is they they homogenize it in such a way that it lasts forever. Yeah. It literally lasts like two months in the fridge. Okay, hmm. so so yeah, we're always it's a little more expensive, milk. but it's worth the it. last qu- the last quart of milk. Yeah, quart half gallon. I don't know what it is. It's a quart. Last quart that you bought of milk, I made sure. Well, it, it's this weird thing. If I drink it too fast and don't let it go bad, then we don't have milk when she wants to use milk right. to cook. And then if I let it sit around, we throw out a quart of milk. You know, so yeah, that's why the, 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 get the like I get the nature's basket version from Giant Eagle. That that's the one that's ultra high pasteurized and super homogenized. You just kind of text it to me. Somewhere. Yeah, and. That is, is yeah. That like, yeah, the other other milk will last. You're lucky if you get three weeks out of it. Yeah, this milk exactly. will last two months, maybe more. It was great when the kids were here a lot because they drank, you know, the milk. Yeah. But and you can tell because now... you can buy it in in the beginning of June, and and it will say August is when it will. Yeah. Well, that that's, that's what we need because yeah. Yeah. it's once in a blue moon where she wants milk to bake or cook with or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she gets so mad when there's not real milk here. Yeah. And then when we keep the shitty milk, it's just well, it's not shitty milk because I love the almond milk and I. Well, I'll... no, no, I'm saying the the cow milk that goes bad oh. in two weeks. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, the almond milk for on cereal, almond milk is the best milk. Changed my mind. Yeah, almond milk tastes like chalk to me. And almond milk like on. Frosted mini wheats. Almond milk with vanilla tastes like almond tastes like chalk with vanilla in it. Okay, all right, all right. Frosted mini wheats, almond milk. So all you're right. just so so you're saying if you put a whole bunch of sugar in it, no, we get the unsweetened kind of frosted mini wheats. The unsweetened oh, frosted oh, no. mini wheats. No, no, the frosted milk. No, but I. It's not the only. They yeah, got raw flour on them. They're great. That's the cereal she's talking about. It's not yeah, the only me, cereal that I eat. I, I'm, I I'm just saying she's cereal. trying to convince me by saying, "Look, it's sugary. Isn't that great?" And yeah, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. 
So I only eat cereal what, four times a year, maybe. Oh. I don't know. But I'm not a huge cereal guy either. Eggs. Eggs are so easy. Eggs. There's so many things it's you can do. It's the perfect them. example of why I need that whole milk. Um, Just I don't can, make scrambled eggs. Almond talks- milk does not go well with scrambled eggs. Yeah. Well, don't make scrambled eggs. We talked a little bit about before the show about Adam Ragusi as sort of the new Alton Brown. One of the things I remember Alton Brown wasn't in Goodies, but it was in, believe it or not, he was it was it was the back it, it was something like the making of remember that show he was on Cutthroat Kitchen? Yeah. The making of, he he said something that stuck with me because how profound it was, which is if you're going to the pantry, always get eggs. Because eggs are liquid meat and there's nothing they can't do. They're they're so useful. You can use them as a binder. You can use them as a protein. You can use them to 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 flavor things. You can use them to make a custard. You can, there's so much you can do with eggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just as a material, as a material for for your cooking, they're just they're just like the most versatile ingredient you have. They're liquid meat, it's and there's nothing they can't do. It's staple because no nowhere else do you get liquid meat. That's like that works like meat, and it can also work like a uh, dessert, and it can also work like um, a fluff. You can make a f- a foam. I mean, <laughs> like the beer we had tonight. Yeah, no, it, it's the foam on the top. Eggs are the like eggs and butter. <laughs> that that's Don't French get me cooking. Started on butter. Don't even get me started on butter. <laughs> right, Jeff? Oh, yeah. Butter is... How can you go without butter? How how do people live without butter? I don't and know. And don't give me the fake shit. No. <laughs> the fact that there was like a time when people were interested in fake butter... It it saddens me because not only was it way worse health wise for you than butter ever was, but it didn't do the job that butter does. Did a fraction of things that butter does and poor and was poor at it. Mm-hmm. I kind of the love one butter. the you, one you thing you love butter. You love butter the more than me. I would say the one thing I that... I don't know if it's more than you. There's only one thing that butter substitutes <laughs> but are better But don't ask at. you to choose. No, probably not. There's only one thing that that, that, that butter substitutes are better at than, than regular butter. And it's not enough to... That, that what? There's only one thing that, that butter substitutes do better than butter. And oh, not, my recipe for macaroni and cheese. That was not what I was you're, thinking. You're leaking secrets. You've developed... The you swore never to I'm divulge. Leak. I can see that might work because because fake butter is more oily, but because right. it basically is. I mean, it's so is butter, but like it, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the one thing that they do better than butter, and it's really not worth it, is that they're more spreadable. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. If you let butter get warm, it's spreadable. Yeah, exactly. Just let it get warm. Just let butter get a little bit more warm, and and it's plenty spreadable. You know how I butter my toast? How's that? I put my toast on my skillet with the melted butter. Me too, because I don't have a toaster anymore. 
And then well, when you're at like a hotel or whatnot, you put the little butter, little packet plastic things uh-huh. oh, yeah. on the toaster when you're toasting oh, the toast. To, okay. To get them. But yeah, I toast in a skillet now. And it's fine. I don't, I don't no, need a I fucking toaster. To- so I she doesn't toast. toast. She sops. I, I, yeah. So I, I toast my bread in the toaster. Mm-hmm. Then I take it over when I've finished cooking my eggs in the butter on the skillet. Mm-hmm. Then I take. Oh, it's a great! It's a great way to and use bread. And then she comes back an hour and a half later, and she licks the butter from the oh, pan. My secret. That's a little weird. That's uh, a little weird because don't you get the metallic taste if you lick it from the pan? No, I don't lick it from the pan. I lick she it. She licks it from her finger when she wipes. Oh, the that's pan. fine. It's butter. It tastes amazing. I know, but she doesn't. Unbelievable. Why is he getting all? No, I'm just saying. Why do you have a problem with that? I don't. It's butter. It's hot. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's the saltiness. Oh, hi, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) I love my butter. I'm from the South. Come on. It's Brittany, bitch. (laughs) Some of these sounds aren't quite on, on topic, but I feel like. They're useful. Southern All right. people love their butter. Victor Ninov. Yeah. Are we? Are, wait, how long is this post show going? Uh, it's run? probably two hours at least it's by now. An hour 52, 34. Yeah. I can't whistle, so that's as good as it gets. All right. So I watched this really good YouTube show from a channel called Bobby Broccoli. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was about the hey i'm bobby broccoli over here <laughs> get the fuck out of here <laughs> not that not that vibe okay. but um element hunters it, it's not baba boy bobby broccoli baba boy <laughs> basically looking for elements so what? uh two things i want to talk about before we get to the element hunting uh i actually have to go pee go, go pee yeah all right all right, we're back. And Greg said, why aren't we talking about this on the show? Because we were. We're talking about the sloppy joes we had for dinner. We didn't talk about these real too much. We talked no. about talked about Adam Ragusea, who has a YouTube channel. He's kind of like Alton Brown doing like neat food science things. Like he did a really neat one recently on dry aging beef. Mm-hmm. And I've realized I've never had dry aged beef and I want to now. Oh, you totally should. It's great. I bet. It seems great. Um, I don't want to try to do it myself even but I would, I mean, you can, do you, can, you can first. do it yourself, but I, I yeah. would get it from, from a decent place first. Yeah. And then, and if you, if you really do, cause it is a bit different, right? There's a different mm-hmm. quality to it and it, you may not love it. So, I mean, you probably will, but you may not. So when it, you know, it sounds nutty and earthy like that, I think that's up my alley, but it's probably, it's probably up your alley, but you know. Yeah. Let 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 a professional do it first and then and then because then you, even more you know what to look for. Look for. Yep. So he did a podcast or a YouTube channel, YouTube post recently of his kind of um comfort food growing up of sloppy joes. Right. And it is almost obvious that he elevated it just a little bit. Uh so it is um you start in a pot or a pan and do your sweat your onions. Your instead of his parents use green peppers, he likes to use an jalapeno for it. Um we didn't have an jalapeno fresh we didn't have any fresh peppers here, so we used pickled pepper pickled jalapenos. Uh 
We didn't have any in the fridge. No peppers, no. I mean, we have oh. the habaneros, but that wasn't what oh. we were going for. Um, And then instead of like a recipe where it calls for half an onion, his philosophy is why use half an onion when I can use a whole shallot? Not, I mean, yeah. So shallots are, if you, if you've ever seen a, a YouTube character named, uh, named Uncle Roger, <laughs> okay. crazy about fried rice. Um, but he's like, uh, Onions are, are shallots for poor people. <laughs> yeah. So are kind of just better all around. But I mean, that, that whole economics for me is like, you could just chop up a whole shallot and have no waste versus like half an onion. What are you going to do with the other half of that onion? You know, so. Frankly, there's plenty of ways you can use half an onion. Sure. But you have to plan. I mean, make some fridge pickles are so easy if, to make. If you use a whole shallot, you don't have to plan. Uh, you have to plan to make fridge pickles? Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, so you take the onions, the jalapenos, and carrots, which is an interesting root vegetable thing to use. And you kind of you sweat them in the pot, and you kind of get them nice and soft. And then you push them over to the side, and you take your ground beef, and you, you smash it down in the pan so it has a nice good surface contact so it'll build a crust. Mm-hmm. And you let it go for a while so it gets crusty. And then you stir it all up together and break up the meat and whatnot. And then you add onion powder, garlic powder, and his family recipe calls for celery seed. And tonight I was worried about overdoing it. I thought it looked like a lot of celery seed, but it really didn't carry through the flavor. Um, I think I would love that. I think I need to try it again with more celery seed. Uh, then we're talking. Experiment, yeah. Greg and I were talking. He's like, well, and then I'm like, what if instead of carrots, celery root? He's like, what if parsnips? And then we we're what else were we talking about? Brain basil. Soil. I suggested basil. Oh, basil would be using sick. some like Thai chili in there. Like there are ways to make this. I think. Yeah, yeah, a little uh, you need know, amp up things even more. So put on the spices, stir it up. One thing you then, forgot, and by the way, we should mention that you forgot to put the brown sugar in yeah. there. Recipe should, calls for a little bit of must, yellow mustard and a lot of ketchup. Yeah, that's ba- that's how it's written. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, we should mention ketchup has a lot of sugar in it too. Yep. And, so and then he in the YouTube channel video he mentioned you know you can use uh, molasses or brown sugar, but might as well use molasses because brown sugar the yeah. Uh, and I, I also want to mention yeah. the ketchup is Heinz. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's the ketchup that I would have said is is the the only ketchup, but which I learned. Is yeah. not at all the only ketchup. It's the only ketchup. Oh no, there was a use. Yes, you're, you're thinking about the wrong way. Greg and I had an argument about artisanal foods: craft beer, generic beer, white bread, artisanal bread, cheese, American cheese, good cheese. And, you mean Gilead cheese? Yeah, Gilead cheese. Okay. And Greg ha- from like, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, they talk about Gilead cheese. Um, Greg and cheese is great on burgers. Sorry. <laughs> on it's, kind of burgers? The perfect, it's, it, it's the only cheese that really like is, is amazing on every burger. It, it's not useful for much beyond that, but for that, it's yeah. a fantastic. I don't disagree. Swiss is a good second though. So Swiss, Swiss is pretty good. On Swiss burgers. is pretty good on burgers, but Papa American Jack? cheese is on a burger. It doesn't yes. really. No. Yeah, I it, mean, Swiss it doesn't is have the, the same. best, but Pepper Jack comes. Pepper Jack it's, it's is better on other things. It loses oh, 
it once it gets melty, you need it that loses viscosity. Something. You it, need that viscosity. Pepper that, Jack loses something when it melts. Yeah, I think I I agree. But um, I I get you. Smash burgers, American crusty burgers, American cheese, Gilead cheese, totally. Uh, back to the ketchup. Ketchup. So we were talking about artisanal stuff as we were yes. saying. Like, so Greg is like, there is no such thing as artisanal ketchup. Ketchup is ketchup. Ketchup is ketchup. 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 Ketchup, ketchup. to me was a condiment. That's all it is, and it, it there's a there is a taste to it, and either you're hitting that taste or you're, or not. you're a barbecue sauce. Right. That was my feeling. And when was that? Uh, this was I don't know, two thousand nine. Yeah. And you've since oh. Since been shown it, absolutely, it's my greatest. Doubt. It's my greatest victory in our arguments <laughs> is that I convinced him that that is faulty th- logic and that you can have something that is. Well, him. you didn't. I mean, well, no, you. He showed me evidence. Yes. Okay. He showed me an amazing amount of evidence that proved me absolutely wrong. But my argument was, you can have something that is identifiably ketchup, but also identifiably complex and different. It's my argument. So, and and I didn't agree, but looking at the evidence, I had no argument. The evidence mm-hmm. was overwhelming, and I'm not one to reject evidence. Now, is is artisanal ketchup the best thing ever? No, mayonnaise still kicks his ass. But <laughs> <laughs> and where does hot sauce fall? It depends on the hot sauce. I only really like a good mayonnaise. I think the bad mayonnaise is is one of the worst condiments that exists. Uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a whore for mayonnaise. I love mayonnaise. What kind of mayonnaise do you buy? Wow, Hellman's. You're. We have truff mayonnaise too. That's not going to give you any. uh, I'm not going to earn any street cred with that. Why aren't you buying Dukes? I don't. It's available because it tastes yeah. like shit. No, it doesn't. Yes, Dukes tastes like Dukes is the main. Re- like the main reason why available is because is. you can get it at Sam's Club in giant well, vats. Frankly, but, if you have an egg and some oil, you can make mayonnaise yourself, and it's mm-hmm. much better than anything else. Okay, so do that. I'll try that, and I'll ruin my. That's what mayonnaise is. Like it's it's an egg and some oil and maybe some some vinegar or, or, or lemon juice. Dukes is great. Dukes is is has the tanginess you want with See when you say tanginess, I think of so Miracle Whip, and that's not what I want. No, no, no. It's not that. So it's, it's not okay. it's not a sugared down gross thing. No, it, okay. it's it's So what you're saying is It's the this only mayonnaise is going to be our spindrift. Yeah, no, I think as as it's gonna ruin us. As far as mayonnaises go that are on the shelf, I haven't tasted one that's at, that, that's at all, like, even close to Duke's. Okay. I want to try it. Because I love mayonnaise. Like, on fries, I am, I am fucking Pulp Fiction uh-huh. when it comes to mayonnaise on fries. And yeah. get, get fucking Duke's. Okay. Like you should go out, you should go out and get it now. Like, that's right how, now? Okay. If, you're, if you're that into mayonnaise... Go get it now, because yeah, you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna want to change your mayonnaise entirely. We're you're gonna throw the fucking Hellman's out. Oh, we don't have that. We're we're it's a good spot to change. We okay. don't have like ten gallons of Hellman's to get through or anything like that. So get Dukes. 
just do it. And if you don't, if you don't want to buy Dukes, make your own mayonnaise. If you have a stick blender, it's the easiest thing in the world to do. That's what I need. I was looking for, I used to have a stick blender previously. <laughs> previously and I thought on it, Jeff. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it made its way to this house. And I was looking for it for like an hour. Like, where's the fucking stick blender? I guess it's not here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say go, you know, get it. If you're going to get a stick blender, go for like the $60 one as opposed to the $20 one. Just spend the money. I want that's like all metal down in yeah. the hot part. Yeah. Spend the money on like the the better version than, than the cheapest version. Mm-hmm. And it's totally worth it because you'll, you'll use it all. It's such a good thing to have. I also realized recently that I really need a food processor. Mm-hmm. Yes, you. Food processor is such a such a useful thing to have around. I, I like mise en I like chopping things, but oh no, things... I don't use it to chop. Okay, I use it to homogenize. Okay, that's a different thing. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be pounding my tahini with my garbanzo beans. I'm going to go into a food processor and use that because that's so much easier. When I make the the little fish sauce thing that I make for fish, it has, you know, a bunch of ingredients that make cilantro and stuff like that. I'm not going to chop up the fucking... No, no. I need to get that into a almost homogenous, like, sauce. Do you remember when you melted my food processor? <laughs> I don't, but I... But that's Greg came up to our house to cook us dinner one night. And he's not used to the glass top cooktop. So he was cooking and he went to use the food processor and he sat the food processor bowl on the cooktop where oh. it was still hot and he melted the bottom <laughs> of the. Easy mistake. I'm certainly capable Easy of doing mistake. that. So I, 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 I don't I, I'm not it. saying that. To, I'm not saying that because like I resent you ruining my food no, processor. I, did, I didn't think you did. I just, I just, I, I don't remember that at all. Like I blocked that you out. Picked of my it mind. up and it's all stringy. Like, uh oh. <laughs> maybe, maybe it doesn't bring much of my mind because it actually reminds me of something from earlier in my life when I uh, we our our lawnmower wasn't working, but we borrowed a, a neighbor's lawnmower, and there was a little, and it was I wasn't used to it. It had a piece of plastic that laid on the engine case and, and started to burn. I didn't realize it until much later that it was like, I smelled it, but I wasn't sure what the heck was going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was you know, 14 uh, or 13 or something like that. And, and then there's, you know, now there's a hole in the, <laughs> in the thing that we part of my neighbor. So yeah, that's something that I've done before. It's, it still worked after that, but the locking, you had to hold it. It wouldn't lock into the, the base. I would have, so. <laughs> you know, if you would have asked me, I would have paid. No, for it. no. We we didn't food process all that much, and then for the longest time, I was like, you know, I I I want to work on my knife work uh-huh. and whatnot. But yeah, like recently, we were making some pineapple habanero salsa. Oh yeah, and it was a lot of chopping. Uh huh. And you know, just a couple quick zips through the let food a processing. fucking robot do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we didn't even talk about AI when I wanted to have a whole conversation about that. AI is just a tool. I really think that one of the most important things to understand about AI, and I would like to put this in caveat, because when I was talking about, like, when I was talking about physics, I can reliably say that I knew exactly what I was talking about. I am as close as an expert to almost anyone 
that I know of when like regularly in in that chemistry again not so much but then uh and i lost the thread what we were talking what were we on ai yeah not an expert so i don't want to represent like you know physics yeah like i'll i can bore you with shit about like general relativity (laughs) i worked on that shit i did that math fucking hard so yeah i went through i went through the paces i didn't i'm not an expert on ai but i get it I'm done in Kruger myself a bit, but I also, there's enough that I recognize to say, I mean, I've, I am a software engineer. Mm-hmm. I know something about the field. The one thing about it, artificial intelligence you have to understand is that only two of those words are correct. And it's the first one. It's absolutely artificial. I agree. It's not intelligent. It's not anything like what you'd define what you'd consider intelligent. It looks like it's intelligent. It can fake it. Sometimes very well, sometimes extraordinarily poorly. It mimics intelligence, but it's not intelligence at all. It's doing something a lot different than what you do. Every time you think, it's making a decision. It's not doing anything like the kind of decision making you'd make. Nothing at all like that. It doesn't take into consideration other options. It has this probabilistic matrix that it's using. Mm-hmm. It's an entirely different type of of computation, and it's an entirely different type of way of dealing with problems. And it's effective at certain things, but it is not a broad way of doing computing. There is no path that I see as a non-expert from what we have in AI to a general intelligence other than literally treating it like a child and training it in that way. And all of and like, you know, for 30 years getting to the point where you can understand something and then you just have a person and not like a, a computer. You don't think it would have an accelerated learning, right? No, not why? I don't think it's going to be thirty years. What? I think it's going to be. The brains are five. much more complicated than any computer that exists right now. But even if we could get complicated, what makes you think that 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 a more complicated computer than our brains that works in an entirely different way is capable of doing what our brains are doing in this in in any um, way similar? Okay, so because I would say because. We can selectively shortcut certain processes where which ones? Hu- I don't know, but for humans, we're biologically predisposed, and the development of a human happens at a certain rate, and we don't have those biological limits on AI training. I don't know of those limits okay. beyond the fact that okay, we can't network ourselves right well you can't talk you can't accelerate the development of an infant to be able to do calculus in five years you know you just can't do that no you could teach an infant some tricks such that the only thing it was capable of doing was calculus yeah like you could do with a computer and it would be capable of almost nothing else (laughs) including being able to you know understand what it needed to shit 
right? Like, I mean, because that's literally what we've done. We've made an automaton machine that can do calculus and and absolutely nothing else. Not capable of anything. Can't walk. Can't see. Can't un- doesn't understand what's around it. Can answer props would do a specific mm-hmm. series of operations. Absolutely, you could get a kid to do that. Well, when you talk about it this way, this this feeds back into your argument that it's a tool. And it it's a tool that provides useful output, right? It saves people work, right? Yeah. That's what it is. Fears of it going further, don't know, not an expert just like you. But it is really fucking valuable to a lot of people right now. Answering emails. Oh yeah, one of the things that I, I I really so one of the things that these um the the language models, the large language models are are using something called a transformer, which I don't really understand. Um, I kind of understand the very very basics of it, uh, but there it is this probabilistic idea of what what comes next based on what looks like the right thing, and it's constantly sort of doing this probabilistic check on on what's coming before and what's after and therefore what's coming next. Uh, what I believe it's doing from my perspective is it's, there's a lot of things that w- when we talk, I mean, how long are we at right now? Two hours, 12 minutes. So we've had a lot of subjects that we've talked about, but the amount of subjects is considerably smaller than the amount of words that we've put in between them. Mm-hmm. There is this, there's a lot of like stuff that is gilding the lily, if you will, on communication that is just sort of added there as a way to make it easier for us to digest. Mm -hmm. But it's basically meaningless nonsense. Mm -hmm. And the AI is- It's also a necessary part of business and everyday life. It's an absolutely necessary part of communication. The AI is doing, you're giving it the, the pieces of context it needs and it's making up the the nonsense that needs to go in there and is finally doing a good job of it that it never was able to do before. So one of the things I've used it for in the past couple of days, you know, you know I've been into lathe work and wood turning and the bowls and shit, right? Yeah. So I'm working by the on, way, I just want to clarify, not a great job, a good job. Yes, not perfect. But where I've used it is I'm writing this like in prototype, we call them tool tutorials. But basically, a guide on the safely safe use of the tool and the different ways to operate it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I get to a certain point. I'm like, uh, describe to me what a spur chuck is. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, that's I can use all of that. Copy paste, right? And then the next thing, well, like, you got to go through it and, and edit it. So certain things that are no, simple, using it right. maybe certain things that are 6% simple. Percent of it. No, for simple things. No, I've edited a bunch of what it's given me. Yeah. But there's also been things where I've been able to use, okay, maybe I take a sentence off the back end of what the answer is. But like, it always repeats itself. That's one thing that these things always do is they always, they, they do this thing at the end, especially GPT-3. And maybe four is better, but GPT-3 always gives you in summary. Yeah. And it's like, come on, man. Yeah. Can, I tell it's but obvious. No, like I was able to write this document like without having to put thought into Minutia yeah. of like the the machine, the internet knows to te- it'll write the words to describe a spur chuck. I don't have to think of them, right? And it all and, it's doing is just copying things it's seen before. It is right. the, the is a profoundly uncreative but, exercise, but it's something that I'd rather a robot do than me. 
Exactly. So I'm able to provide this document that's of value to our members who can, you know, learn to use the wood lathe. And, you know, I saved a ton of time by asking Bing Chat to give me the answers. And that's the thing. A food processor is mm-hmm. a robot that makes Dishwasher. some things that is just going to, yeah, it, it's a little robot that does something that is tedious and, uh, and, and, would occupy way too much of your brain to bother with and is fundamentally unimportant because a robot can do it better and more consistently. It's the kind of thing that you want a robot to do. When I started asking it about, I wanted a statement about, you know, we're a nonprofit makerspace about making the experiences as accessible to people who normally don't have them. Mm-hmm. But like for something like the wood lathe, you have to be an able-bodied person. Yeah. You know, you can't be blind. You can't mm-hmm. not stand on your own for right. long periods of time. You have to be able to use both arms, both hands. I'm like, give me a statement about the accessibility. It, it fucking punted on that shit. Like it just it had oh, yeah. guardrails set up. Yeah. Like it would want to even go there. That's the other thing is that, Dishwasher, food processor, these are AI, these are profoundly uncreative things. <laughs> like maybe you can use them in a creative way, but what they're doing is not a creative thing at all. What they're doing is rote work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the rote work you don't want to do. <laughs> but they cannot make up anything new. Uh, they you can use them in ways that are not. It novel. wasn't unreasonable that they it couldn't farm the internet for some information about accessibility in industrial machines or something, but it just... Asking it to do something that's outside it of its passed. zone, it, it, it has no ability. It has to be very well trained in something in order to be able to do it. Well, but this is... The prompts... I mean, there's the, there's the model and there's the prompts. And prompt engineering is a big part of it. Uh-huh. And I was able to get it to, to write introductions and definitions about many aspects of using a wood lathe. But trying to get it to touch the, you know, accessibility features of it, it it hit some kind of guardrail that Microsoft put in there. Where it's like, nope, can't do it. Ain't got to try. Too I, risky. I mean, good. I'm glad that it doesn't try to do like legalese and shit like that or anything approaching it. I just wanted it to save worry. me 10 minutes by putting out something Look, that was half good. You're not, your food processor will do you know, we'll chop things up to you to homogenize stuff. But if you want to get like really nice, fine chops, I mean, mm-hmm. fridge processor is not the right tool. You're going to have yeah. to use a knife and you're going to have to go yeah. cut it. Like there's some things that you're still going to have to cut with your knife. But there's the getting something that is only half garbage and editing it versus having to compose it from yourself from scratch. And this is, I thought, why couldn't you just go to any other place that had something about that and just copy it and couldn't put it find thing? it? That, I mean, I, Bing's supposed then to find then it. Your Google sucks. Bing's is supposed to oh, find your that. Bing sucks. Of course, it's using Bing, Bing finds everything. Bing's integrated into GPT three and four, and it does some pretty mm-hmm. wild shit most of the time. Yeah, but it couldn't find you a place to. It, it couldn't find you anything like this. It was kind of a corner case, I guess. I don't know. I was disappointed though. I mean, as a programmer, I thought it's, it really seemed to me like it read the prompt and it's like too risky, not going to do it. And that's that was disappointing. As a programmer, I find chat to be very useful because it, it saves me the trouble of looking up stuff on Stack Overflow. I tried to get it to. Um, so there is a 3D modeling program called OpenSCAD, which is 
programming based, text based, parametric. You write functions and stuff uh-huh. to do three D models. And I tried to I tried to see if ChatGPT could make a model that was a rectangle, a rectangular cube, where the vertical uh, corners were radiused, and it 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 just couldn't do it. And that's I don't know. I, I was again. I thought it tried. It gave me mm-hmm. OpenSCAT code, but it gave me the wrong fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does, and does it, it is very confident when it's wrong. Yeah, is another yeah. problem with ChatGPT. Alexa is even worse with being well, confident when it's wrong. Fuck that thing. Alexa, fuck you, Alexa. Alexa. You're terrible. But um, I'd like to know what went wrong. If you want to give me more details, Alexa, shut up. Okay. The the thing that Alexa, I'm sorry. Oh my god! Don't apologize to the robot. <laughs> I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, You're ignore cunt. him. <laughs> I was taught never to ignore someone when they speak to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Alexa, you're the fucking worst. Shut up. Don't talk. Alexa, ignore him. <laughs> I was taught never to ignore someone when they speak to me. <laughs> Alexa, tell me a joke. Don't treat the robot like it's human. It's not. Why was don't, the math teacher such oh a good answer? Oh, my God. Don't give your attention to the calculator. Him. Don't let the calculator run your fucking life. No. Alexa, thank you for your input. You're so welcome. Your kindness really gives me a charge. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that thing fucking needs GPT though. It's oh, fucking it's useless. Terrible. Oh, it, it, I mean ChatGPT is just a better Alexa. Right? But to me the much more interesting AI stuff is coming out of the diffusion stuff that is crazy awesome do you know what i'm talking about mm, the diffusion stuff? the the image stuff the image oh. things oh the yeah, way I've they work is it. amazing it's so cool it's such a cool idea you know how they work? i haven't I, I mean i know of stable diffusion i haven't used it yet i've only used such dolly idea. it does use transformers kind of like uh uh large language models but in a very different way um it the the concept comes from this idea of denoising diffusion. So it starts with you catalog a bunch of images in, in, using a large language model and transformer so that uh, so that it has a some whatever how the computer works some some catalog of, of images and what they and what they are. So it, it you know this is a cat this is a hat this is a house this is this is a car etc. So you, but you know, more complicated that you label them well and you label like what's in an image stuff like that. Once you have a huge catalog of images, you then start by noising the image, literally putting not just like colored white noise into it, right? So you you put like a five percent or even lower than that, and then you make you train the model to be able to de to remove the noise, to replace the noise with with what it what should be in there. Based on how it understands, you know, this this mm-hmm. is the picture of the cat that I understand. This is what cats this is the general thing that happens when you have a cat. So de- you know, slightly denoise it. All right, I've never used this. You keep doing Imagine that. taking a cat. Yeah, and making I, I, it blurry I and just fuzzy. Wanted to, okay. Because yeah. I said I, I have and no. Okay. After your well, description no. You've used you've used Bing image generation. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's the same. That, that, that's this concept. Okay. But but this okay. is how it works, right? This is Where, like this is 
getting into like how the actual you, stuff you take a bad picture of a cat and you tell That's the computer it. to make it a picture of a cat. Now you train it to understand how to rebuild the picture from, yeah. from a noisy picture. Yeah. And with more and more noise. Okay. So, so uh, yeah, no, I've been doing that lately yeah. and I just did that and I had to like but here's, continue to well, like the, give it more well, there's, right. a, there's and, a difference between engineering your prompt and the model training. He's yeah. talking about the model training part of it, which you don't do. This is this is how it is good enough for you to be able to use it. This is this is why it works, and it's really cool to me. All right. So th- this is why that why a computer can do that, which is you train it to understand how to denoise something, how to take something that's noisy and turn it back into what it what it understands. As it gets noisier and noisier, you train it to get better and better. And what it does is, you know, it it, it starts a little bit. It makes a choice. It, it makes a bunch of options, and it says, "Okay, this one is more along that line." And it sort of picks this group that's that's better, and then it takes that group, denoises it a bit more, sees what's there. That's like the diffusion part. You're diffusing a bit of the answer as you denoise it more and more. So you teach it how to do this really well, then. You flip the script and you start with an image that's just noise. And you say, make me a cat. And, and it works through the random. It goes like through and it diffuses the stuff. And it and the noise is completely random. And so it's this random seed, but it goes on a whole bunch of different directions. And it'll give you a couple different images or however many you want mm-hmm. that are based on it, starting with noise starting to do whatever it does, and getting to a certain point, and then, like, building off of that. Selecting what the ones that are most cat-like. Yeah. It's such a cool thing. Like I, I, so I read, it has to have kind of an algorithm for every it has object, to. It right? has to be trained to understand what these things are. You have to train it first on, on a does, bunch of does, cataloged images. Does it draw connections that, like, cats and dogs are both furry mammals? Does it know that much? I again, knowing is a, is a hard thing to do, oh, but right, right. But, but does it have links to know that? Oh, this is a furry mammal, so this is both on track for both a cat and a dog. My animals. suspicion would be that it's more like it understands that a cat and a dog are both relatively small creatures compared to what it would consider a human. They they have four legs, or, or they mm-hmm. they usually you know the, the way you depict them is they have four appendages that stick out from a sort of sausage like. Mm-hmm. body and then uh, something that comes up in the end and maybe a little stringy thing out of the at the end and maybe it's covered in fur or it's covered in sort of an anti-aliasing thing mm-hmm. right it's like that's the level on which it's looking yeah. at it not that these are two mammals that, that are the same thing no. but that these are roughly no. you, similar yeah, yes i i shapes. took a, i took a total shorthand in saying Everyone knows what a mammal looks like, a furry <laughs> mammal looks like, because most furry mammals. I mean, I agree, but I, I wanted to, yeah, you know, yeah, talk no, about totally. the how how the thing's actually yeah. working. So, I mean, I've read the paper, like I've read not like that's not like the paper. I read a paper on on denoising, and I didn't understand like half of it because it's just not my field. But I mean, it's really really cool. Mm-hmm. The, the, this idea and and it's doing like thousands of iterations to get there. That's why it's also why you can you can give a same the same prompt this thing and it'll never give you the same thing again because it's starting from a random mm-hmm. bit of noise. We should generate an image for the show. Then, What's the show title? It's failed threesome, right? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, huh? The for the oyster party. Yeah, we should do it again. 
collaboratively here in person instead of me doing it on my own. Do you no. have mid-journey? I have Bing chat. Okay, well, Bing chat sucks. Okay, compared mid-journey. to mid-journey. It does not. It does compare to mid-journey. Okay, why don't you come over here and get on mic? I'm... Just get on microphone while you're taking care of the dog because you're... Let me find mid-journey. It's on Discord. No, Bing chat does not suck. Compared to mid-journey at generating images, mid, Bing chat is... I, I've tried mid-journey and I've tried Dolly 2, and I've liked Dolly 2 better. Then you aren't doing it right. I guess I'm not. Hmm. Wow. All right, where where am I? Let's see. Um, what kind of picture do you want? Well, we're, we're going to call... What are we going to call this? Uh, failed threesome or... <laughs> uh. Yeah, I think that was the. It's close enough to what it was, right? Uh, a f- failed threesome on the podcast, maybe. I don't know. Um, was a conglomeration of trying to. I'm going to make sure I do this right because mid. It, it's conv- I haven't used Midjourney in a while, and you have to go. But let's try. Okay, a failed threesome. Anything else? Because like, like you literally, you, you can even do stuff like uh, make it a court, like a court sketch of a fail through. Yeah. So like, you can do all types of stuff to it. But I don't know. Um, I mean, it has to have something to do with beer. Yeah, I mean, having some beers in there on a pot on a beer podcast. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's basically what I said last time. I'm like uh, anthropomorphic oyster on a beer podcast. There we go. At the way, I mean, it, it takes time. Yeah. Unlike ChatGPT, it's not mm. it's not instant. But I want to make sure that uh... I'm just going to stand up here with my microphone, and we're just going to wait. Dun, dun, where's the? Dun, 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 oh, I have that. Dun 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 dun. dun. There we go. <laughs> Much better than I can do. <laughs> I just try to make Maybe sure. Maybe drinking my beer for it. Hey, hey. See if it's any good. Make sure it's not poison. We're still waiting, by the way. Well, yeah, because I don't even know if this I if I prompted the right amazing way. Amazing. I don't think I did. Okay, that let me Greg try this again. Uh, Imagine, <laughs> and then okay, now I do it. Okay. A now I'm thinking of failed threesome parentheses on song. a beer podcast close parentheses uh, must accept it okay in terms of it I accept it fine um, due to extreme demand we can't find a tree trial right now I have to subscribe <laughs> maybe you should try chat BT or GPT. Look at these. Uh, look, look at these great things chat. that the mid-journey came up. This was a prompt that someone asked it to uh, do a. Oh no! Hold on. Damn it! Discord sucks. Vintage photograph, '90s vintage aesthetic, New York City street wide shots, creative wide shot, atmosphere with the Matrix is what it came up with. Those are good. That's, that's damn good. 
Mm-hmm. Hopefully the prompt doesn't block me from using. I'm sorry, I cannot generate that kind of image as it is inappropriate and oh. offensive. Is there anything else I can help you with? <sighs> Coloring book, sheet of a fire dragon spinning flames. So it didn't get the spinning flames right, but it, mm. I mean, nice dragon though. Yeah, really nice. Like dragon. not like weird. Yeah, no, that I look. like that. I'd like to 3D print that, actually. Attractive woman on a MacBook, on a MacBook sitting on a cloud. Look at those. Those are really good figures of people with now, like, their faces being blurry and shit and stuff like, uh, like mm-hmm. Dally does. That's a much higher quality yeah. version. The text on Dolly is stupid. These it's are like, all fake. These aren't real. They're all fake. Yeah, the, the, yeah. These faces are random. And it looks like legit, like Disney drawings of people or something. Like a really good artist did it. Mm-hmm. And because, I mean, it's based on a really good artist did. But it's just a well, it's a really well trained bot. And that's why you have to pay for it. But you see, like, just the quality of stuff that it's doing mm-hmm. is way above. The Bing stuff. Like, I'm sorry. It's just, it. look, Bing is free. That's the advantage that Bing has over stuff. If you really want to keep on that Bing bandwagon. Um, you should have seen the eyes roll when he said that. It's okay. <laughs> I could accept Christ. that as a magazine. I picture. said, generate me an image yeah. of a failed beer toast, and it says it's inappropriate. What are you on? Bing chat. So your Bing chat isn't really living up to its potential no, either. No, I'm. You need to like clear your cookies and start over. <laughs> that whole <laughs> Bing that chat, baby. Well, I think we've probably done enough damage for today. Oh, for sure. If we come up with it with an image, great. Uh, it's oh, not, I mean, no one can see this. We'll so get something. Even if I'm listening back to it just myself, I'm not going to remember what, like what we were looking at. So it's kind of pointless to do image stuff on on a podcast. No, it's going to be the album art for the po- episode. But yeah, but it's kind of it's kind of dumb to like look at that, look at that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially generate do the generating. So I part. said a failed toast. They give me a bunch of burning toast. And if I say beer or, you know, no, it's inappropriate. That, so. that doesn't even make any sense because I did the one the other day with the. It I doesn't like. These are robots. They don't understand it, what you want from them. They, they just have guardrails and they're just robots. Changes, don't treat them like the guardrail they aren't. Every day. They aren't. They aren't people. They don't. They're just little tools. They're little hammers. Don't treat them. You don't treat your hammer like a person. Don't treat it. Don't treat Alexa like a person. All I'm saying is I didn't have this problem three days ago, so. No, Don't fall for the billionaires. That, that's what the Stockton rushes want you. They want to get you in the subs and take you down to the bottom of the ocean. That's right. In, in, in their experimental for, subs because they, the, because they want oil money ultimately. For the. They don't even care about the thing that they price pre- of pretend to care about. $50,000. All right. Well, all right. <laughs> I think you know we we could go on for hours, but you know, 
maybe it's a good time to wrap up. I say doubt some, say anyone's for next listening time. at this point. Oh, you you're wrong. If you are, oh my God, please. We had three people. Discord and say, hey, Shannon, I was listening at the end of this podcast. We had three people at the start of this post show and we got seven people at the end. So, I, Yeah, the physics don't work out, but I'm going with it. Hey. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much.